Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. If you're new here, I'm Krista. With me is Kurt. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's season eight. It's weird. I I'm feel like nervous. we haven't. Yeah, like I feel like we haven't done this <laughs> right. in years. It's like I'm, we're doing I'm this like, for the first time. I'm like, time. how do we do this again? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, we're we, sorry. Our break was so long. Yeah, we did. We did. It release was. A, a it was a super. Though. Yeah, it was a super long break this time. I think. Hey, right off the bat, if you don't want to sit through the next twenty to thirty to possibly forty minutes, we of got a funny feeling this one's going to go long. It's, we're going to have a long housekeeping section. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, by now, I've figured out how to add those mm-hmm. chapters down below. Um, I'm going to try to figure that out. If not, I will post the timestamp of the actual topic. In the video? Steps. Chapters in the video? Yeah. Oh. Apparently, YouTube can do that automatically. I've yet to see that happen on our videos. Look at you. Maybe we're strange. <laughs> see what I did there? I saw what you did. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, which housekeeping should we tackle first? I have nothing for housekeeping written down, oh. so you're the housekeeping queen We this do time. have an email to read. I just remembered it right now. That I is really funny. Um. Oh, shoot. And we also have, we're going to end the episode today on a special note, but we'll save that for later. Literally a special note. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I'm really killing it today. There's, there's You'll voice get it ma- later. There's four voicemails on there, but we're going to save those, I think, one for a Strange States episode when oh. we tackle that state. And the other ones are kind of like stories we maybe will save for listener stories. Okay. We have a listener question. Did you see that? No. It's in our email. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to read this email from Eric. His name is Eric. I don't know if he wants me to say his last name. So putting the specs on. Um, hey, Krista and Kurt. Feel free to use my first name should you read this on air. Thanks, Eric. Wanted to say y'all did a great job this season, and I'm really looking forward to the next. I did have one suggestion, however. Krista mentioned in the end of season episode how y'all are setting up a studio and might put up a wall to block off the weight room. Oh, can you see this? This is part of the wall. Instead of the wall, y'all should just pump iron throughout the entire episode. Think how ripped y'all will be by the end of the next season. Two regular Hans and Franzes. Oh, wow. We'll pump you up, guys. I want to see Kurt kiss his bicep while Krista is in the background giving a Hulkamania flex. I was just going to say Hulk Hogan. Ha, ha, ha. Wow. Seriously, though, thank y'all for always being positive and down to earth and just a joy to listen to. Hope y'all have a great new year and can't wait for next season. I know it's not much, but... It, oh, he gave us a, a little donation on Kofi. Oh, thank you. He said, enjoy your Kofi. Buy yourself something you normally wouldn't. Well, it's probably going to go towards new cameras yeah, because Krista's I'm not, not happy. impressed. Krista's not happy with these with cameras. cameras. <laughs> so thank you. Every little bit counts. So he says, love the show. Take care. Thank you, Eric. That I, I responded to him. I'm officially dead. <laughs> we'll definitely be reading this one on the season opener but we decided to just go with a studio with a wall i'd be back there doing the fast jump rope <laughs> crossing it and talking in the microphone at the same time in like a full gray <laughs> sweatsuit like I'm, I'm thinking like, an, like a leotard i'm thinking oh, a leotard. leotard yeah that would really yeah, krista's not happy with these cameras so the no. money will you know give her a little bit of power and she thinks she's stanley kubrick all of a sudden that she has to film everything perfectly <laughs> I don't know about that well, that is one thing I wanted to talk about, though, because I'm not happy with these cameras. Uh, you get what you pay for. I did a lot of research, and I saw cameras that would be great, but I wasn't ready to put the money out for those yet because I thought, are we going to do the YouTube thing? Are we not? Now that we definitely are. I feel like are, people like the videos, like seeing us. I think us. they do, too. I don't know if and you want to so see I my mouth moving. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how to deal with the camera, with me 
being able to see myself on the camera there. Maybe don't wave at yourself oh. 20 times. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just Maybe wave at myself every time that. I see myself over there in the camera. You it's weird. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not used to this. Um, yeah, I just, I wasn't ready to fork out the cash for it, but we have the money from our subscribers. We might as well use it. I keep checking my microphone. It's on. It's on wow, guys. you got a little bit of curditis over there. I do. Um, I'm just not happy with them. But I, it's it's difficult because you have to find a camera that... Did you know that a lot of cameras stop recording at 30 minutes? So you have to keep hitting record. Every <laughs> no. th- I don't want to deal with that. Short bam- battery life. Some cameras overheat. So there's like a lot of research that goes into it. But I do have some, it narrowed down to some cameras. But just the amount of time I have... Sp- like hours I've spent trying to... I've looked at all the settings. I've read the manuals. These are just crappy cameras. I also want a little Vaseline on the lens to make me look better like they did for Sybil Shepard on Moonlighting. (laughs) They put Vaseline on the camera? They did some kind of technique to to blur it, I believe. I feel like the lights take care of a lot of that. Also, you have a different light than me, and so my video is actually a little brighter than yours, which I don't like. So I need to get another one of these lights. I'm fine in complete darkness in my video. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be like the anonymous. I want to stay anonymous. Yeah. Wear a mask. Like sleep token. Um, What else? Was there any other? Were there any other emails? Let me look real quick. So you don't have any housekeeping? No. I couldn't. It won't take as long. I couldn't think of really anything we were going to talk about. Like the video. Like I was puzzled at first about how the side sessions is going to work. But I believe we're recording today. This episode will come out next weekend. Yes. When we get together the next time to record, that's the weekend that the side sessions will come out. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So then people that subscribe are going to get both the side sessions and the actual unedited episode a week early. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got to figure this out. <laughs> I lost you. No, because remember you, you said, me. you said, oh no, because they're going to get the unedited episode today today yeah not Subs- the video no I'm not subscribers sure video. subscribers won't have to wait a week to get the audio right you're gonna get it like you used to the I'm day gonna after try to do it today but then the day the week ends we record you're going to get the side sessions that we've done so okay we're recording <laughs> sorry we should have worked this <laughs> we should have had a meeting before. we should have had a meeting <laughs> <laughs> so Next weekend, this episode is coming out yes. and the side session. No, the weekend after so the side a, sessions will come out. We're going to have to. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I think that's fine. So okay. it'll be every other weekend. Okay. Then. We'll get this figured out by the yeah. end of the season. So we're they'll doing. get the, un, the Kofi subscribers will get the unedited audio the same weekend that yes. the regular, that the side sessions come out. Yes. Yeah. And then the other opposite weekends is when the edited yeah. version of this comes Yeah, so sub- subscribers actually get two things dropped on that we weekend. We don't do things like production meetings, so <laughs> this is it. No. Yeah. I think I'm going to put my hat on. Production meeting. We need a little advertising. So. Um, <laughs> I would love, I'd, like for me to be here talking and then you'd be in the background <laughs> pumping pumping weights and then you'd come over and talk and I'd be back there All doing kettlebell. Breath, like sweaty. <laughs> I should have one of those like headbands on and stuff. Oh my gosh, it'd be great. <laughs> I feel like there's a Napoleon Dynamite joke in there too. Somewhere. Somehow. Um, what other housekeeping do we have? I thought we had more. We have so many packages. Just thank you subscribers for keep for continually subscribing to us. Yeah. Even when we're on break. That Yeah. You know. And we've uh, continued to get um, subscribers on YouTube as well. We did use so a chunk of money you. for the investigation. Our next we episode did. will be all about our investigation we did. So... 
That one will be a lot more conversational than this one. This one, I think, is going to be a lot of reading. Reading. But that is a change that people probably didn't know was coming, is that I'm actually going to be reading quite a bit from today's episode, Yeah, I'm not reading everything. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm assigning Krista stuff to read and me stuff to read. Yeah. And I'm sure that'll be a hot mess at first, but we'll get used to it. I mean, have you been here before, guys? Yeah. If you're like new to this, if, you, if you're new to this, we don't know what we're doing. No. We're just doing. Particularly this part. Yeah. The cameras. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Honestly, though, I think if I had better cameras, it wouldn't be so hard to figure out. Yeah. I, don't know. I shouldn't have to mess with the settings so much. We need somebody like, we need like a film crew going like circling around the table <laughs> and filming Like us. Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan. Yeah. I don't know if he has that, but he definitely has multi- multiple cameras. Do we have any other housekeeping? Shoot, I thought we did. I don't know. I'm sure that we probably have like five things that we'll remember when we're done recording. I probably texted you like five different things. Like, we have to remember to talk about this on the first episode. I read the email. I feel good that I remembered that. Um, I found the question. Chris, for the I'm going end. back through Krista's text to me. I'm not impressed with these cameras. All right. <laughs> I'll oh check my this gosh. out later. Oh, Jennifer, one of our... Dear listeners, mm-hmm. suggested, and I actually I forgot. I actually forgot this even existed. That we repurpose our old Strange Sessions fitness page because <laughs> I forgot Remember we that? even that was like five years ago. Like all um, New Year's resolutions that lasted like a month yeah, or two. <laughs> I forgot that even existed. So she suggested we repurpose that page for the Matthew Thornton letters so everybody idea. can see his letters because we have he two new ones. Us letters. Yeah, it's we amazing. have two new ones. But I can't I can't even begin to figure, decipher no, what the heck No, but I think people are. would want to see them. Yeah, so I then if so you too. join that group, I think it's a private group so you ask it to is. join, but we're not even going to I'm not even going to have to have them answer questions. No. If you want to join it, you can join it. It's yeah. just going to be his letters and pictures, scans of his letters. Yeah. But I thought that was a brilliant idea. I feel like I also should have put this hat on before we started recording because I, I keep adjusting it. Yeah, going back through your past texts <laughs> actually helps a little because I forgot some of this stuff. Again, if you're new here, yeah. I don't know, just stick around. We're like a fungus. We'll grow on you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> we do. It might we're take like a few athlete's tries, foot. We're like athlete's foot. Yeah. All right. I don't. I can't you think of anything. Might try else. applying a cream, <laughs> but it doesn't always work. Sometimes it does. It's usually the first twenty minutes that turn people off. So. I, are we gonna do? Should we hold off on the packages? We'll start with packages we next episode. Should we at least open this envelope? Yeah. That Jim found in the trash. Yeah. So one of our listeners sent us a note or a card or something that we don't know where from. it came from. But when Jim was was renovating down here it was in the garbage well we were yeah because we were gathering stuff off of tables and in drawers and thought we were just throwing out garbage but this fell out yesterday when he was cleaning some stuff up so so know that when you send us stuff when you send us stuff it's not like oh we don't throw the garbage no we're not purposely throwing because when i walked down here i saw that and i'm like where did we get that in the mail so yeah turns out open that sure jim even rearranged our cabinet of curiosities I know it looks so nice. Dude did everything down here. Oh. Oh. Oh, there's like a whole letter in there. Oh, it's from Beth. I bet you it was. I wonder if this was. I bet it came with the ghost hunting equipment. The ghost hunting equipment. All right. Hi, Kurt and Krista. This is so. The card is so cute. Oh, my God. Let me see. Oh, that is cute. Very cute. Peace on Earth with a cute cat and dog on it. 
Wow. So we've had that for a while. I know. <laughs> I, well, since Christmas. Yep. Hi, Kurt and Krista. First of all, I want to thank you both for the many hours of entertainment you have provided. I have, quote, known Kurt online from doing armchair treasure hunts, but I never tuned into the strange sessions until recently. Until recently. I listen to them while I'm doing artwork. I feel like I've gotten to know Kurt a lot better, and now I'm getting to know you too, Krista. I was impressed to hear that Pulp Fiction is your favorite movie. Oh, nice. Anyway, to repay both of you for many hours of fun, informative entertainment, I wanted to design something that maybe you could use for t-shirts. The oh design is God. all yours, and the original art is for Kurt. That's oh, how long we've that, had that. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's her picture that I finally got framed, Beth. It's hanging on the wall. I hope that maybe fellow listeners will be willing to proudly wear the strange sessions. Was that our shirt? That was our her? shirt. It's oh my God, Beth. I'm sorry <laughs> we didn't open this sooner. You know what? I bet it was in that tri- triangular box. Have a great the Christmas and Happy New Year. Was that two years ago? It was ago? probably two years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we get We open your stuff in the end. It might be years later. But we do get to we it. We run a real Beth, tight ship. Thank you here. so thank much. You, Beth. Thank oh you God. so much. Sorry. Uh, I was suck. just saying we, we suck. Sh- we should get an intern. We've said this for years. Everybody knows this. But I would love to catalog every gift we've gotten and who we got it from. Yeah. Every song we've talked about, every taste test we've done. Every we should episode. maybe start doing that at the end of every episode after we shut we off. Is write down what we got. Yeah. But then we should we, do that. We, but you know how that's gonna go. I'm always so focused on starting, like, yeah. downloading stuff for Kofi. Yep. Excuses. That's what those are. So thank you so much, Beth. We yeah, love the you, shirts. <laughs> do you have any new strangers? Oh, I do. On Facebook? Uh, two of them. Shoutouts to our newest strangers. Those are Heather Demitz and Sam Setterson. Setterston. I, th- I don't know if Sam is the one that sent us a voicemail. Oh, Possibly. Cool. But our two new listeners, Heather and Sam. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for listening, for yeah, joining. Hey, if you're not part of our Strangers group on Facebook, I get it. Social media sucks. And I've been really bad with posting anything in just the Strange Sessions Facebook page. Yeah, I do I just, everything oh, on, on the Strangers page. On the Strangers page. Yeah, so, so there's a Strange Sessions page and a closed Strangers yeah. page. Yeah. I highly encourage you to to join, even if you're not a social media person, because the community there is so amazing. Yeah. It is and the most positive place on the There's three questions you have to answer. And even if you just started listening and don't know the answers, just tell us. And we'll, yeah. we've already, we've had it. We're like, should we let this person in? And we're like, right. yeah, totally. Because they listen. They tell. just don't know that. We can tell that, that you listen. Yeah. You know, but then when we get... <laughs> When you get the ones where they just say yes to everything, yeah. it's like, yeah, no. Or we realize that there's something similar to our podcast that they're looking for yeah. and we're we just not had, We just had one like that. Yeah, there it was some like kind Their of favorite episode and I'm like, that's true not crime us. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that was not us. Was anything else or taste test? Let's do a taste test. Do you want me to see what it is first or do you want to? I'll open it. So my cousin's son, which makes him my cousin, we were talking about this before we recorded, Taylor. Taylor is awesome. He wants to come on the, the show at some point. So Taylor might come on. Nice. Uh, he uh, likes getting us the nasty flavored sodas. Thanks. <laughs> so <laughs> he dropped this off at Corey's house. And okay. I, I didn't look at what any of these flavors were, but Asher, my nephew, did. And I saw him pick up three of them, look at them, and make a face. And then one of them he looked at and was like, eh. So one of them might be... Get a, the, eh? I don't know. I just <laughs> I p- reached in at random and I picked it out. This could be nasty. This could be good. These are kind of surprising. Sometimes yeah. they Sometimes sound the nasty, nasty ones and they're good. Are, yeah. So Taylor, thank you so much. We're going to have you on the show at some point. Uh, we're going to talk. We're going to see what he wants to, talk to cover. So here we go. I don't even know what any of these are. I gotta get my camera ready. 
This one could be good. Hope I think so. this might be a good These one. These are twist off, right? I think so. Okay. If not, my key. This one I think will be good. Ooh, prickly pear. Prickly pear is good. Okay. So I'm I, show I, the YouTube people. But that scares me that we got the one good one possibly yeah. over there. That means it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Prickly pear is good. I've had, I don't know what I've had with prickly pear in it. Okay, ready? But maybe it's not good. We're going to find out. Ow. <laughs> all right. Give that right back to Kurt. <laughs> You want to pour some in your mug? Yeah, it smells good. It smells sweet. I'm representing our friend Brad's podcast, although he's not active, actively recording anymore, but Killin' Hidden. Killin' Missin' Hidden. He even made fun of me because I never get the name of it right. This is a really Killin pretty color. Hidden. That's oh, like the prettiest it? colored soda I think is I've ever pink? seen. Yeah, it's like pink purple. Kurt's using a Strange Sessions mug. I am. Oh, it is pretty. I wish you could see that on the camera. It smells really, really good, good actually. Idea. It does. It smells really good. It does. Okay. I'm going to take a picture of the color real quick. Okay. Ready? Well, oh, that's good. That is good. It's a little more tart than I was expecting yeah, it to be. I was be. not expecting that. It's not overly sweet. It's very fizzy. There's actually something about the smell Yeah. that's just slightly off-putting. There's something Just about the aftertaste bit. that's a little off-putting to me. Hmm. It's good, though. It tastes like a Jolly Rancher. It does taste like a Jolly Rancher, like a really subdued yeah. cherry that's not bad. Jolly Rancher. I'm going to give that... I'm going to give it an 8. I was going to give it an 8, yeah, too. Because <laughs> I would yeah. I would totally drink this. I don't like soda. I'd probably say this every time we drink soda, soda. but this isn't soda. bad because I don't gotten, like carbonation. I have never had it before in my life, but I have gotten like unhealthily hooked on Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Oh. I had never had it before and Is now they like have it at Quick one? Trip. It's green. It tastes oh, like green. lime. It's like lime oh. and it's so good. I'm a Mountain Dew person. I'm well, trying to I'm get away from person. soda. Yeah. But. Not very good for you, but. No. What time are we looking at, girl? Oh, I haven't even been looking at that. <sighs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Kurt's silently judging me over there although not very silently uh 26 minutes and that's with all the we're, that's we're not so under. bad we're... we had eight minutes of so pre, next episode we will start opening our packages yeah we have a lot of packages next episode i'm super i don't know if it's gonna be because next episode spoiler we're gonna have like a half hour of audio of our estes method sessions mm -hmm. on the investigation because i want you guys to hear them yeah there but will we, be video for the youtube but we don't well. really have a ton to talk about from the investigation mostly but there about is how stuff. cold it was <laughs> i was telling krista it's actually funny because when i was in going through my audio krista dropped so many <laughs> f-bombs in there that i had to edit out and she was always complaining about how cold it was in the building and this is a family show yeah so a lot of I did not expect you to be the person who I'd have to edit all the swearing out. But <laughs> I don't like being cold and I'm always cold. So yeah. put me in a cold environment and I'm not So happy. next episode will be all about that investigation. And you're going to get to hear us doing the Estes method, which yeah. I have a lot. To, I have a lot to say about. Yeah. I've, I have mixed feelings about it, but we'll get I to have, that. I have, my feelings are totally opposite of what I expected. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So are we ready to jump into today's? Wow. We're right on time. We're actually slightly ahead of schedule. Wow. I feel like we're forgetting something. We did the we did the shout outs to Heather and Sam. 
housekeeping. We did a taste test. We did a taste test. I complained about the cameras. Did we complain about the weather? It's been weirdly warm. Yeah. We had a tornado here in Wisconsin. Two tornadoes. Two tornadoes. Two days ago. Yep. First time ever in February in Wisconsin. Now I think we've had a tornado every month in our history. Which I did not know until I saw my girl talk about Ooh. it on a TV, Ginger Z. Jim told me at least five times. <laughs> it's now a it's now a joke. I didn't know it was near here. Yeah. Well, Madison ish area. Oh. I think. Between it by, Madison it was by and Barry. Like, yeah. Shout out to Barry. Barry's area. Hey, it was Barry. so nice seeing it Barry. It was so good to see her. Uh, yes. We talk about her so much. Yeah. yeah, me too. What's are, not to love? Are we jumping into... Let's do it. Do you start? Yeah. <laughs> My notes don't tell me. <laughs> I do start. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. Kirby's so, tunnel definition in history. Yeah, so, the, so <laughs> we put out our yearly poll about what you guys want for the opener the season opener topic and the one that won was suggested by my good friend stephanie who also sent us the missing 411 books she suggested okay i just moved my chair oh. <laughs> unexpectedly her suggestion was tunnels and underground tunnel network yeah and that one very intriguing that one so i was like oh because i had no idea what to do so in typical kurt fashion this all kind of changed about a week ago oh. Because originally I was doing tunnels and caves. Okay. And there's just too much because there's a lot of cave stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could be a whole episode. That's going to be a whole episode. So I pulled all the cave stuff out and I threw a bunch of other stuff in here. So I'm going to start the season with my apology that this episode (laughs) isn't quite as good as I want it to be. As he does every episode. Every episode. (laughs) (laughs) I have to apologize every episode. My friend Jill watched the Christmas episode. Hi, Jill. I love you. And uh, Hi, Jill. She's I like, love you, you too. Ne- she's like, you don't need to apologize so much. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't I don't normally apologize that I much. Do. It was my topic that I was covering, the pagan history of Christmas. I was oh. worried that it was going to offend somebody. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think, normally apologize that I don't much. think we got a lot of backlash about that. We got zero backlash. <laughs> okay. That's not, that's not that many people listen, yeah. really. Oh, somebody commented on a recent episode Eric Orheim sent me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that is. One of my friends. Okay. No, I know who Eric is. I don't know who commented. Oh. Their their name isn't, I mean, their username didn't tell me anything. Okay. I don't know if he, does he have kids? He might. Maybe. You don't know if he has kids? I think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You do know this person. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> okay, let's get this ball rolling. All right. I tunnels. just hit my microphone twice. Tunnels, tunnel networks. I'm not sure where this came from with Stephanie, but I believe this might have been due to a movie, which I think you are going to talk about. That's yes. one of the things you are going to talk about. But as usual, I am going to start with a definition. Definition of tunnel. According to Wikipedia, a tunnel is, quote, an underground or undersea passageway. Oh, I don't like the idea of an undersea passageway. No, it is either natural or it is dug through surrounding soil, earth, or rock, or laid underwater, and is enclosed except for the entrance and exit, commonly at each end. A tunnel may be for foot or vehicular road traffic, for rail traffic, or for a canal. Some tunnels are used as sewers or aqueducts to supply water for consumption or for hydroelectric stations. I got to get used to reading out loud again. Utility (laughs) tunnels are used for routing steam, chilled water, electrical power, or telecommunication cables, as well as connecting buildings for convenient passage of people and equipment. Secret tunnels are built for military purposes or by civilians for smuggling of weapons, contraband, or people. 
Special tunnels such as wildlife crossings, I think are so sweet. Wildlife crossings are built to allow wildlife to cross human-made barriers safely. Yeah, that's really cool. Tunnels can be connected together into tunnel networks. And how they differ from caves is that according to Wikipedia, a cave is, quote, a natural void in the ground, specifically a space large enough for a human to enter. Hmm. So I think a cave could be a tunnel if it had an entrance and exit. Sure. But tunnels tunnels to me are are man-made. Yeah. But not necessarily because there's tunnels that are natural tunnels where it goes from one end to another. Okay. So caves are natural and don't necessarily need an exit and tunnels are usually man-made but can be natural and include an entrance and exit. So there's a difference between caves and tunnels. Okay, cool. I don't really like either of them to be quite honest with you. Um, so a little, Agreed. <laughs> this, I realize that this sounds super boring, but it's going to be brief. Here's a history of tunnels. <laughs> Never thought I would say those words. It's like a side session. So <laughs> it is like a side session. Some, wow. That would be a boring side session. <laughs> Some 3000 years ago, when our ancestors started discovering techniques of building stable and strong bridges, they also discovered new ways of connecting two points of land tunnels this discovery was initially this discovery was initially oh my god this discovery was initially used not for transport of goods and peoples across harsh terrains but mostly for defensive purposes in the vicinities of important military or royal posts and think about tunnels below castles Mm -hmm. babylonian and persian architects were the first who saw the potential of large underground networks of tunnels called quant or caries These irrigation tunnels were used to transport water underground through deserts, enabling life in some of the most hostile lands on planet Earth. The Iranian city of Ghanabad still has a working network of Kariz tunnels that is 2,700 years old. That's crazy. In Babylonia, royal families enjoyed fresh water from the Euphrates that was delivered to them through an incredibly built half-mile-long tunnel that was lined with bricks. Greeks and Romans took all the knowledge of Babylonian and ancient Egypt and improved it tenfold. With tunnels, they were able to transport water through mountains and to create pedestrian tunnels through very harsh terrains. To this day, historians wonder how much workforce was involved in the construction of the Posilippo Posilippo Tunnel between Naples and Pazuli that was created around 36 B.C., this incredible structure is 4,800 feet long, 25 feet wide, and 30 feet high, and it even has ventilation shafts. Less than 100 years later, in 41 AD, Romans used around 30,000 workers to build an even larger tunnel that was 3.5 miles long. That's a, that's a yeah. pretty long tunnel. After 11 years of work, the tunnel finally enabled drainage of the Fusine Lake. Later in 19th century, Italian prince Alessandro Tornoia. You got all the hard names. Yeah. I need to start pronouncing stuff. Tornoia. I didn't give you any hard names, (laughs) I don't think. Torns. Well, Alessandro, my buddy Alessandro, commissioned (laughs) complete drainage of that lake, which was done by the efforts of the Swiss engineer Franz Mayer de Montreicher, who created a new tunnel after 13 years of work. Land that was reclaimed from that lake represents one of the most fertile stretches of land in all of Italy. In European Middle Ages, tunnels were used almost exclusively for mining or for military use. 
After public transportation finally started to grow during the Renaissance and trading with distant lands became a thing, hundreds of smaller tunnels were created between the mid-1600s and 19th century. But by then, the new driving force of tunnel construction have, had arrived. Any idea what the pretty modern thing that really drove tunnel construction? Any idea what that was? What do you think that would be? Subway? Close. Hmm. Think transportation. What, did, what was a relatively modern way of transporting things? Trains. Oh, trains. They needed, Which I guess they, subways, yeah. yeah. They, okay. needed, they needed to underground, be Underground, really? Yeah. Okay. Or through mountains. Not oh, necessarily sure. underground, yeah, but to tunnel sense. through mountains. Mm-hmm. But by then, the new driving force of tunnel construction became railroads. This new form of transport soon resulted in the creation of tunnels across the entire world. So there is a little bit of the history of tunnels. That wasn't boring. It was boring. And I I didn't know how to pronounce a lot of the names. Are you going to talk about the catacombs? No. (gasps) No, because I tried to keep this. I tried to keep this. We could do a whole episode. Yes. I tried to keep this like United States or North America centric because there is a little bit of Canada in here. So I tried to keep it because there's so much about tunnels like around the world, but I didn't. I just tried to stick with the United States. Have we ever talked about the catacombs? No. I don't think we have. I don't think we have either. So there's a little bit about the history of tunnels. Um, Exciting stuff. Is it my turn now? It is. I have Krista Reads. (laughs) So I believe (laughs) that is your turn. And I think this is where Stephanie came up with the idea for this topic. I've never seen this movie. It's good. Is it? It's really good. Okay. Super creepy. Okay. And then it takes a twist that you're like, wait, what? I read it on Wikipedia. Like okay. I, 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 like I, you do. I, I ain't got time for movies anymore. <laughs> I just read them on Wikipedia. I'm like, that would have been a good movie. It okay. was a good movie. <laughs> I really like Jordan Peele's work. Okay, and I'm gonna try to do this without my glasses. I so. keep reading and goes. just it was weird. It's almost like a synchronicity where this has shown up a ton lately. Tunnels in general. No. No, but Jordan Peele. Oh, okay. I, it's like showing up a lot for me lately, and I don't know why, but people talking about, and this is a spoiler if you haven't seen Nope, mm, it's good. but people talking about the digestion scene, how freaky that scene is. Well, I can't remember what you're talking where, about. Don't listen to this next part if you don't <laughs> want to watch the movie. Mute it. Whatever <laughs> this thing is, is like eating the people and it's like stuck. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they're screaming. Mm-hmm. And people are saying that that's one of the most disturbing. It they is compared disturbing. it to Event Horizon, actually. It said I that's one. I haven't seen that yet. I oh, know. my God. You I have know. to see. I think I told you I was going to walk it, watch it over the break and I didn't. You have to I watch have Event to. Horizon. I have to. Like the scene is it where. going to mess with me, this, though? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like, like Reddit, Reddit threads where people say, What movie did you watch when you were too young that has messed you up? And so many people say Event Horizon. Do you think it was that scary because you watched it when you were younger, though? I think because you didn't realize it was going to be that scary. Okay. Like the scene where they watched the video. Don't uh, tell me. No, they, where they watched like the captain's log of what's going on yeah. when the ship goes to like the. Like you've described this. Yeah, like that is like oh my god, like okay. like you you go into it, it thinking it's just going to be like a sci-fi movie, but yeah. it's like sci-fi horror. horror. Like yeah, so maybe anyway, maybe I'll watch it before we record again. <laughs> okay, we digress. We do. Oh, but you said Jordan Peele. It keeps coming up. What keeps coming that, up? That, the digestion scene oh, the from digestion the movie scene, Nope yeah. that people said is like one of the most disturbing scenes. And I've watched it on YouTube and I'm like, that is pretty creepy. It's a great movie too. Yeah. I don't think I've watched anything of his I didn't love. He has a great take on the horror genre. 
Okay, from a March 29, 2019 article on, I think it's oxygen.com. <laughs> it's oxygen. Not oxygen. So the thing com. is, you guys, like <laughs> when I am doing my show notes, I am using old school notepad. Notepad. Not like Microsoft, no, not even WordPad. I'm using just straight up notepad because everything else I use. It's the formatting. Gets formats it and it just drives me crazy. So everything formats the same in notepad, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, everything a format painter button you can use. Everything so. is I like typing stuff and and I there's so many misspellings. So there was only I only noticed two and now three. <laughs> Oxygen.com. <laughs> so the name of the article is "Here's the Truth About the Unexplained Tunnels in Jordan Peele's Us." Jordan Peele's record-breaking horror film Us begins with the words, "Quote: There are thousands of miles of tunnels beneath the United States." Abandoned subway systems, unused service routes, and deserted mine shafts. Many have no known purpose at all. And with this ominous foreword, Peel's latest masterpiece tells the story of a family engaged in a battle for their lives after their doppelgangers emerge. As the apocalyptic narrative unfolds, we're told that the evil doubles emerged from the sewers, having lived their wretched lives in a vast underground network of clandestine tunnels existing just below our society. And although the situation is clearly a metaphor for class and identity, Peel's initial claims about the existence of an American subterranean world is a terrifying one. Could it be true? As it turns out, Peel's assertions, assertions, assertions thank you, <laughs> about America's, <laughs> would assertions have also worked? I don't think Just so. Just ad-libbing. About America's <laughs> underground tunnels are far less far-fetched than it might seem at first glance. The idea of a massive underground tunnel networks has been the basis for plenty of conspiracies, with theorists engaging in endless debates about the existence of such tunnels, as well as the extent to which these passages were or are used for drug and human trafficking or by the government for nefarious military reasons. Yeah, I, so I, I said before the episode that... It just makes sense. We talked in the deep underground military base episode mm-hmm. about that people believe that there's an underground network that has like this insanely fast magnetic powered train that Mm. can take you from new york to los angeles in like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. you know so we talked about that that. in that episode so i didn't want to rehash that but there are people that do believe that the government has this i wouldn't doubt it there's machines that i mean there's pictures of people with the machines that can drill you know people i don't know if this is true but people think that these machines that go in it can drill like so much space in so little time Mm -hmm. and what it does is it takes the rocks that it's drilling through and it becomes fuel for the driller and it superheats the the passage so that the cave is basically glass interesting so but to to do that to do that across the country yeah that would be like how long would that take too yeah plus as you're gonna see as we're gonna talk about pretty soon like Every city has tunnels underneath it, basically. Right, it have to go underneath. It would have that. to go like underneath that. And also, to be able to move that fast, wouldn't need wouldn't it theoretically need to be a straight shot? Yeah, we. So if you go back, if you go around? back and listen to the deep underground mill, we talked about how people, how if like if it goes around a corner and you're not belted in, you'll die and stuff like that. <laughs> people die. people pass out <laughs> yeah. because the thing. Sure. People supposedly, you know, if this exists, pass out because it goes so fast. So. I we'll we'll get into it more when we talk about the what do you think? But so there did are your people. Dad, right? Was it a machine that he sat in? No, for his I think job? he did like manual drilling. Okay, 
you know, like, I don't know. Like, we're still trying to figure out what exactly my dad all did. Cause, like, Listen to past episodes. The man yeah. was at Area 51, people. He was at Dugway. He was at Area 51. I think he was involved in burying nuclear waste and stuff oh, like that. I think that's why he was at Area 51. Ooh. Okay. But, but then there's the stuff my aunt told me, which is just weird, you know, about how... He told, we need to do an episode about your dad. We might have to do <laughs> an episode like about do. my dad, about how he tells people that he's just a driller, but he's so much more than mm-hmm. that. And the story about when he was on the military base and he saw they were driving and he saw like two or three soldiers just staring at a boulder in a field and all of a sudden a hatch on the boulder opened and they reached in and took something out that looked like a human. So Have it's you just. told me this? I think so. Oh I thought gosh. I did. So, because he told I my aunt that, that, so she told me that. Wow. And it's like. We got to have an episode. Yeah, he was, he was into some, he was into some stuff. We talked yeah. about the drilling beneath the Russian embassy in yeah. Washington, D.C. that he helped drill to put a, a listening device in. So, yeah, there was my dad. My dad was 007. Corey still wants to do a Freedom of Information yeah. Act to find out he what should. exactly my dad all did. He should. That'd be a great episode. Yeah, I wish I would have been able to ask him more. I know. Because I, I remember like, that was like the year he died when I, I went to his apartment and he was he made me dinner and I went in and sat down and he had something about Area 51 on the History Channel. And I asked him, like, you've been to Area 51? And he looked at me and I could tell that he was like, should I say something? <laughs> and he's like, I shouldn't tell you this, but yes. And he said, the only two things I'm going to tell you. He said, number one, the place is an environmental nightmare. Mm, and number sure. two, I didn't see any damn aliens. That's all, that's all he <laughs> oh, said. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to. Didn't see any damn aliens. But how would I, I wish I knew. Well, like you said, I'm sure they didn't just let him wander around. No, you don't. <laughs> like when you, he, see, he said that, he said, when you go there, you just can't wander from right. hangar to hangar. He said, you have two guards on you at all times with rifles. Dang. So you don't get, that's you wild. don't get to like just wild. wander, wander to the gift shop and get something. <laughs> the gift shop, Area 51 gift shop. Okay. Back to the article. There are way more tunnels underground wherever you are in the United States than you would imagine, said Hunt. There are just crazy layers of infrastructure, whether they be active or abandoned transportation tunnels, sewer lines, aqueducts, or even military or government infrastructure hidden underground. Wherever you go, there's something under your feet that people don't think about. But do people actually inhabit these abandoned shafts? Hunt says the answer is yes. I've actually seen documentaries. Yeah, there are documentaries about like the mole people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about them a little bit, I think, in the deep underground military bases. We talked about them at some point. Okay. Because, like, you can have, like, your own little bed and stuff. And yeah. once once the tunnels flood, you lose everything. Everything. You yeah. know? I can't imagine living like that. No. I need daylight. In the deeper strata of New York City, you find mole people. You find people who have made homes for themselves in deep hidden nooks and alcoves under the city, he continued. They're these marginalized, forgotten people who are living completely out of sight and essentially a separate reality. Although the actual mole people are not inventions of a government brainwashing experiment like in us, Hunt emphasizes that this population can be mis- can be understood as a metonym for national identity. The underground has always been the unconscious, Hunt said. When we're talking about the unconscious of a culture of the United States, a good place to explore those forces is beneath the surface. Basically, any city of any size that has like a stratified society where there are people who are struggling, you're going to find these communities who have gathered in hidden places. And they say something about the society on the surface. They're a reflection of our darknesses, the injustices of our society on the surface. Ultimately, although the, con- the concept of us is conceit. richly, fa- it says conceit, 
The concept of us is richly fantastical. <laughs> it's actually not as surreal as the film would have audiences believe. Those underground tunnels probably aren't populated by your double, but if they're as vast as they seem to be, we can't make any promises. Yeah. So, I mean, there there are tunnels everywhere. You know, yeah. um, I don't know if I... I bet, uh, like you said, every city at some yeah. place. You know, like... We, Whether it's like city buildings to get yep. between or college campuses. I think I've told this story on here before, but by Red Arrow Park in Manitowoc, where the lake, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. the beach, there's a, a big a, a drainage tunnel that's 10 feet high, like eight, 10 feet high. And it goes in and now it's locked off. But back when we were in high school, you could just wander in there. Mm. So one day, Jamie, I think it was Jamie, Jim, Mike, and I went in there and you walk it's it was crazy like how far we went you know and then finally we were like let's just go back because we were <laughs> so far in there but what's creepy and i think i might have talked about this on here i'm hoping these guys even remember this we turned around and started walking back to the entrance and we could hear yelling coming from the entrance and we're like and we yelled back of course because we were dumb teenagers we're yelling <laughs> yeah. back and we get towards the opening where you can see like the, the light mm-hmm. and you can, we could see stuff hanging there and we get up there and what was hanging there were dead rats hanging by their entrails. Like somebody hung them from the top of the tunnel from above the entrance to the tunnel with rocks. After you went in. Yes. With rocks on their organs holding. So the rats were hanging down. Those were called the rat tunnels. That's what people call the horrifying. rat tunnels. It was. And we went, I specifically remember us going on top of the tunnel and like kicking the rocks off and dropping the rats down. And it's weird where we like cursed. Like, what was that? Was somebody mad that we went in there? And why were there, did they kill the rats? Why were the rats hung by their, uh, but yeah. I have so, so many questions that I don't yeah, want to ask. But, but it was crazy to us how f- you could ju- we were just underneath the city, like walking underneath the city in these tunnels. Ugh. And and that's and somebody knew you went in there. Yeah, because that's who was yelling at us when we were and we like I said, we came out and I remember two. I specifically remember two rats being hung at the entrance. Hmm. So Do you know what I just realized? What? The synchronicity between the fact that I watched the movie Barbarian last night. And the tunnels oh, yeah. today. That, that's true. There are a lot that's of true. tunnels in that movie. There are a lot of tunnels and a lot of weird. A lot of weird stuff. Barbarian's a weird movie. I, I recommend it though. It was scary, yeah. but the tunnels. Wow. Yep. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that's like Manitowoc has tunnels. Like every major city. We're going to sure. get into a lot of these. And Manitowoc's not even a major city. No. We're going to get into a lot of them right now, I think, as a matter of fact. A lot of major cities have tunnel systems. Cool. And I do the first one. Kurt reads one. Kurt reads. So this <laughs> one isn't so this one isn't a city, but talking about tunnels, I had to do this one because this is near and dear to my heart. Any ideas? UWGB. The University of Wisconsin Green Bay <laughs> main campus has a concourse system of underground corridors casually referred to as tunnels that connect eleven of its buildings. Designed with the David A. Coffrin Library at its center, subterranean hallways branch out to student services, the university union, and seven academic buildings. In addition to helping with accessibility, the tunnels help faculty, staff, and students navigate the campus in Green Bay's famously adverse weather. And it's, it's you know, because people, you call them tunnels when you're there, but yeah. it's like a hallway. You wouldn't think that you, you were in a you tunnel, but it's it's really cool that like during a snowstorm, you don't have to right. go outside, <laughs> that you could basically go everywhere on the campus that you want to go 
in tunnels. Yeah, that's cool. You know, so I I loved UWGB. You know, I just I'm so nostalgic for it. But whenever I heard tunnels, I think of just walking the hallways. Have you ever for, gone back to the campus? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so weird. And it's so pretty and too. It's yeah. really close to the bay. Can you see the bay? I think so. Okay. I think if if you're like in the Coffrin Library. Okay. But I remember. I think I talked about this on here in the humanities lounge where all the English majors hung out. You know, they had, we had this special room that was just like a couch, a table, like you could just go in there and chill. And I used to, because I had, because I, my last semester there, I had 16,000 pages of reading that semester. So I would get done with class at like eight in the morning and then just lay on the couch there and read until my next class at like three in the afternoon Mm. and, and student, you know, friends would come and in between classes and talk to me and stuff. But I was in there with Zane and, I can't think of her name right now, but it was me, Zane, and a girl were in there. And Zane was like messing around on the wall where there was this big metal like door. Okay. And he finally managed to open it and it went into like a series of tunnels behind <laughs> that room where there were like boilers. Oh, okay. So we crawled in there and wrote our names on the wall. As you but do. it was just so weird because we didn't expect, we didn't know what it was going to, we thought it was just going to be like a panel, but yeah. there's like, you could hoist yourself in there and you're in this like little it's tunnel probably system. Probably really dangerous. <laughs> it probably was, but hey, you're in college. Could but have been and we, it was just cool. We wrote our names on the wall in there and. But even even the building had tunnels in it, you know, but everybody remembers the tunnels connecting the buildings that you used to use during snowstorms. So that is what I was going to talk about is UWGB. Nice. My turn? Your turn. <laughs> this one this one was a big one back in mm. January yep. of 20, was it 2021? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so from an article, <laughs> January 12th, 2021 in Popular Science titled... Washington, D.C. is home to a fascinating labyrinth of tunnels. This week's unprecedented siege of the U.S. Capitol highlighted the large tunnel network that lies under Capitol Hill, as well as other underground links throughout Washington, D.C. Many of these are used on a day-to-day basis just to conveniently get between government buildings without going outside, but as was shown yesterday, they also have a clear value in helping people escape to safety during a crisis. The tunnels that connect the Cannon and James Madison buildings to the Capitol and other nearby buildings, as well as various underground parking garages, are part of a labyrinth of at least 19 underground passages on Capitol Hill that people and vehicles can move through. The first tunnels emanating from the Capitol building itself, construction of which was initially completed in 1800. I was really surprised when I read that. And which, can you imagine the work how that work would have been so different than it is today, like the tools that they would have had. It's crazy. And which had been substantially rebuilt after British forces set it on fire during the war of 1812 date back to the latter half of the 19th century. The first of these dug out during the civil war were for ventilation, followed by a link to the then new library of Congress building nearby in 1898 through which books passed on an electrically powered conveyor. That latter system is sadly no longer in operation. I remember when that siege was going on that mm-hmm. they were talking about like getting people, Congress people out through the tunnels. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I knew that there were tunnels, but I Washington, D.C. That makes sense. You know, the w- one city that I did not talk about in here because there's just too much is New York City. There's like oh, tons sure. of tunnels. That's where a lot of the mole people live. Yeah. I think so I didn't, even, I didn't even talk about New York City in here because yeah. that could almost be an, an episode, episode in itself. The first tunnels out of the Capitol intended for use by people were the ones linking it to the Cannon Building as well as the Russell Senate Office Building to the north. 
These were and remain satellite office buildings where many of American, America's legislators actually work. The Cannon Building opened in 1908, with the Russell Building being finished the following year. I, wow, these buildings are so old. From the people over in the UK are probably like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you call that old? From the very beginning, the Russell Building has also had a subway car system, originally just electrically powered Studebaker cars. I don't know why I love that so much, <laughs> I but I do. I think that's so cool. I thought that was cool too when I when I found that. Um, that that could be like an amusement park ride at this point. Yeah, the electrically powered Studebaker car. <laughs> Uh, Studebaker cars that would drive the route to move senators and others to and from the Capitol. As Congress's footprint on Capitol Hill continued to expand over the next century or so, so did the number of tunnels. The passages have been steadily enlarged and improved as well. Today, for instance, the Cannon Tunnel between it and the Capitol is closer to an underground town than it is a simple access tunnel, with a shoe repair store, post office, credit union, and cafeteria along the road. It is also distinguished by the artwork on its walls provided by students from across the United States. That's really cool. It is super cool. I feel like they have a built-in fallout shelter. Like, yeah. nuclear war comes, these people are set. Yep. Similarly, some of the tunnels that led out of the James Madison Memorial Building host the offices of the architect of the Capitol, which is responsible for a masonry shop, carpentry shop, and machine rooms used for the maintenance of the Capitol buildings, plus a bodega. <laughs> Just throw in a bodega. Need a bodega. The Capitol subway system also received upgrades and improvements, first in the form of a monorail. <laughs> Do you remember this episode of The Simpsons? Everybody remembers the everybody oh, remembers the monorail. monorail. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear that. That's like that's all that. that constantly gets voted the best episode of The Simpsons. It's so good. I the episode to... of The Simpsons that people hate, I actually loved. Like one of their most hated episodes is the one where Principal Skinner, you find out that he's not really Principal Skinner. Hmm. that he's somebody else like people hated that episode and i, I think that's one that of the one. funniest episodes hmm. because at the end of the episode like the actual skinner they run out of town like on the rail and oh. they and they're like we're just gonna pretend that you're principal skinner <laughs> and they you know like they they make fun of the fact that they'll just wash over that episode and everything will go Never back happened. to being the same but people yeah. hate that episode hmm. and i actually really like that episode i always looked forward to the treehouse of horror episodes yes of course um, My favorite episode was probably, it was like 20 short films about Springfield where mm. it was like, that, I think that was the episode that had the steamed ham. Do you ever see the steamed ham? Probably. Where, where the I used to watch it religiously. Superintendent but... Chalmers comes over to Principal Skinner's for hamburgers and mm, called him wow. steamed ham. <laughs> yeah. God, that's like a classic. I literally, I probably hams. haven't watched it in like 15 years. It's been a long time. I'll have to send you the steamed ham. Yeah, clip. you should. Steamed ham. So the monorail replaced Studebakers, which eventually gave way to a more traditional light rail links. Starting in 1960, additional subway lines were added to cover other congressional offices beyond the Russell Building. Yeah, Washington, D.C. has a ton. I'm guessing a ton of stuff that we don't even know about, tunnels mm -hmm. that we don't even oh, know I'm about. Oh, sure. You know, so that's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, mine, my next one is weird because this has been a synchronicity because... I researched this, and then a couple days later, I was listening to the Monsters Among Us podcast, and they referenced this. Mm. And then I saw a news article about this on TV, like within a couple days of that. So it's so weird that this was like a synchronicity, but I will be talking about Portland's Shanghai Tunnels. Mm. And the Shanghai Tunnel name is inherently racist, you know, yeah. calling him Shanghai, but, but we'll get into that. But they you call it that. Yourself. They call it Shanghai because they believe that people were tunnels were used to kidnap people to force them into labor. Oh, okay. 
So this comes from the PortlandTunnels.com website. Quote, At one time, this great city we know today as Portland, Oregon, was a river town whose beginnings we often look upon as being nothing more than a humble Victorian settlement. However, in reality, it was considered the most dangerous port in the world because of the Shanghaiing trade. Stopping for a drink in such notorious establishments as Ericsson's Saloon, the Snug Harbor Saloon, and the Valhalla Saloon, people soon became unsuspecting victims who found themselves beneath the streets and tunnels and being carried out to the waterfront and sold for blood money. Portland, Oregon, the Victorian-refined City of Roses along the Williamette River earned the reputation of being the Shanghai capital of the world because of the uncontrolled Shanghaiing of unsuspecting men. These men, primarily sailors, loggers, cowboys, sheep herders, those who worked on the river, and others that lived a wanderlust life and who played just as hard as they worked, found themselves victims of the worst skullduggery imaginable. Skullduggery. Skullduggery. That's a great word. Thousands of them found themselves in the clutches of shanghaiers and crimps who either forcibly grabbed them off the streets, slipped knockout drops in the saloon, pool hall, and gambling parlor drinks. They were hauled out of opium dens and houses of prostitution, or cleverly dropped down through deadfalls or trap doors that were conveniently situated in a wide array of vice establishments. Mm. Vice establishments. Vice establishments. Women in early Portland's history had to also be extra cautious when venturing into certain areas of the city. They were warned not to go to dances and to stay out of restaurants, saloons, and other establishments of the evening. They, too, became victims of the shadowy part of the city's history and found themselves being carried or dragged through the infamous network of wharf rat-dominated Shanghai tunnels and unfortunately sold into prostitution. Like a speck of dust, most of these women just seemed to vanish and were never heard from again. The victims were held captive in small brick cells or makeshift wood and tin holding cells until they were sold to the sea captains. A sea captain who needed who needed additional men. They didn't have unions back then, I'm guessing. <laughs> a sea captain who needed additional men to fill his crew notified the Shanghaiers that he was ready to set sail in the morning and would purchase the men for $50 to $55 a head. Knockout drops were then slipped into the confined victim's food or water. Unconscious, they were taken through a network of tunnels that snaked their way under the city all the way to the waterfront, where they were placed aboard ships and didn't awake until many hours later after they had crossed the bar into the Pacific Ocean. It took many of these men as long as two full voyages, that's six years, to make it back to Portland. All along the Portland waterfront, Shanghai tunnels ran beneath the city, allowing a hidden world to exist. These catacombs connected to the many saloons, brothels, gambling parlors, and opium dens, which drew great numbers of men and became ideal places for the Shanghaiers to kidnap their victims. They were also used to move supplies between the stores and the docked ships, and during Prohibition, illegal bars were moved underground into the tunnels, which made it easier to kidnap men and women. It's believed that as many as 1,500 people per year were Shanghai through Portland's underground. And here's the thing. There's a lot of debate about whether or not this actually happened. Hmm. There's there's people that swear that this was not happening. Really? Yeah, that people were not getting kidnapped. Doesn't surprise me if it did. No, but then there's other people that are saying, yes, it happened. So hmm. I don't know. I mean, I read stuff about... This could have been a whole episode too, actually, because it's also haunted. Tunnels are also yeah, haunted, heard, of course. I feel like this has come up on an yeah. episode of one of the ghost hunting shows. Yeah. So there's a lot of debate about whether or not people were... I'm, I'm sure at least one person was kidnapped in those tunnels. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You know? 
there's a lot of debate about whether or not this happened. The first, I feel like there's a lot of information about it for it to not have yeah. some kind of threat of truth. The first actual mention of the history of using the tunnels to kidnap people didn't show up until the early 1970s. So mm. you think it would have happened earlier yeah. if it was actually happening? But again, the tunnels are supposedly haunted. From PortlandGhosts.com, quote, It will come as no surprise to learn that the Shanghai tunnels are reportedly one of the most haunted places on the planet. Deep within the tunnels, travelers report feeling goosebumps as if someone is watching them from the shadows. Many people report seeing an Asian man walk past them in the tunnels. Explorers name this spirit Sam and say that he is responsible for turning off the lights in bar basements. Sam also likes to move things around in the tunnels as explorers walk by. One tour, gu- one tour guide reported hearing a voice calling out the name Sam over and over again. It echoed through the tunnel and scared his guests. Because his entire group was behind him, he knew that it was not one of them. He says it was one of the scariest experiences of his life. Other people report seeing quick movements of shadow and feeling ghostly fingers on their shoulders when no one else is around. Most tunnel tourists say that Sam is a good ghost and look forward to feeling his presence. Other tunnel spirits, though, are known as tricksters who just love to have a good time. They will often pull at your shirt tail or gently tug at the end of your hair. One guest reported feeling a small tug on her shirt right before she tripped. She was not injured, but it was an experience she said she will never forget. While most of the ghosts down in the Shanghai tunnels are reportedly friendly, it's still better to remain cautious. Some people do recall feeling unwelcome, like someone or something was watching them. One man remembers hearing the sounds of childlike whistling just before he was thrown down to the ground. After standing up, he turned around to see who had knocked him down. Lifting his flashlight, he saw that no one was behind him. The man reported that it was the last time he would be visiting the Shanghai Tunnels. Mm. So, yeah, that's supposedly a very haunted location. Uh, but I just think I would love to actually tour them. Mm-hmm. I'm not a tunnel guy. Right. But I think, I've, I don't know. I feel like there's a difference between a tunnel that you'd have to like walk hunched over in. And I don't yeah. feel like this is that. I feel like no. this is a pretty big network. Right. But I would actually love to visit. I'd love to visit Portland for starters. Yeah. I'm like fascinated with Portland, but I would love to visit the Shanghai Tunnels. So there you go. That is my, one of mine. I feel like tunnels in general, just over history is where bad stuff happens. Yeah. Like yeah. you think of asylums that had tunnels. It's like where. You need to watch Butterfly Kisses. You need to, okay. because, oh, because it involves a tunnel. Okay. But you need to watch the movie Butterfly Kisses. That. that and Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Yes. Okay, I knew about the Disney tunnels before I read this, but this gave I did, me a lot I did, more information. I did too, but I just think it's fascinating. Like it the really Disney, is. The, I think the Disney tunnels are fascinating. From an allthatisinteresting.com article called The Inside Story of Walt Disney's Secret Tunnels Beneath the Magic Kingdom. The sights and sound of Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom are familiar to millions around the world. Never been to any Disney thing. I was at myself. Disney when I was like 10 or 9 or 10 when okay. I was a little kid. From the iconic I, I'm not going to say it on here. That's sassy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's sassy. Okay. We we didn't... No, I'm not going to say it on here. You're funny. Is that for the side <laughs> sessions? We'll say that for the side sessions. Okay. It's not super naughty, but it's a little naughty. From the iconic... It's, it, when, we were, <laughs> when we were there as kids... At How a, old? Even nine. Okay. There was like... We were there, and there was a freak rainstorm. Okay. And a lot of people were wearing t-shirts. That's oh, all I'm saying. okay. <laughs> 
I, I see what you're saying there. I smell okay. what you're cooking. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, I do. Okay. I am. From the iconic theme park rides to the costumed cast members, welcoming kids throughout the different themed lands, the illusion of stepping into an imaginary place is almost seamless here. And the creator went to extraordinary lengths to maintain it, especially with Disney's underground tunnels hidden below the Magic Kingdom. Disney shuddered at the thought of a young parkour spotting Mickey Mouse taking a lunch break and shattering their trust in his creation. <laughs> Which I get. Like I if get you're a kid, too. if you're a kid and all of a sudden you see Mickey with his head off smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette, it's yeah. Like, that's gonna kinda like it's gonna kinda kill the mood. A little bit. In order to not reveal the man behind the curtain, Disney built the Utilidor system to hide the everyday lives of workers from parkours. I would imagine as a worker too. You want to be able to just do some things without people watching you. Like, just eat your lunch. Maybe you yeah. don't want to do it sitting yeah. out in public. Yeah. I think it was a brilliant idea. Yeah. Since 1971, the nine-acre tunnel complex beneath the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida, has let costumed cast members shuttle from one area of the park to another without being detected by visitors. The hidden labyrinth connects locker rooms, dining halls, rehearsal spaces, and ATMs. Over the years, people have tried to attach dark urban legends to Disney's tunnels, including rumors of child trafficking and kidnapped children. But the real story of Disney's tunnels is even more fascinating. Is it? Yeah, this <laughs> this is like... because I did not realize what you're going to be reading very soon like, yeah, about the park. The construction yeah, of like it? I, yeah, I never realized that. This is that. interesting. As legend has it, Disney was no, walking... No, over the years, people have tried to attach dark urban legends to Disney that. tunnels. Did you? I did. Did you talk about child trafficking? I did. Did you talk about kidnapped children? I did. And then I said, but the real story of Disney's tunnels is even <laughs> okay. more fascinating. I stand corrected. That's funny. Play it back. Should we do the, have you seen those commercials? Should we do the replay? Should we call a replay? I've never seen those commercials. Oh, funny. I always see the Jardians one. The, the stupid Jardians commercial that drives <laughs> me nuts. They throw the um, the red uh, flag. What is that called in football? Challenge. Should we challenge? And then they replay it. Oh, it's funny. Well, we don't have to. It's on video. <laughs> As legend has it, Disney was walking the grounds of his Anaheim Park when he spotted a cast member in cowboy regalia strolling through Tomorrowland. What some would dismiss as merely a curiosity was unacceptable to Disney, who wanted the Magic Kingdom's magic to remain seamless. So that would be weird because someone from the cow in a cowboy costume yeah, being should, a not tomorrow, be should not be a tomorrowland i don't know what any of that is What's but if you're a kid are you really tomorrowland's like the future okay so you know, somebody from the wild west shouldn't, shouldn't be, be in the future around. yeah i gotcha but if you're a kid are you gonna be is that gonna ruin your uh, disney experience no unless you were a certain age maybe yeah like a teenager you'd make fun are you a time traveler <laughs> right uh, he thus decided that his next venture in Florida would include a network of secret utility corridors or the Utilidor. Utilidor sounds like... I love like, that word. It sounds actually. like a bad guy from like the old Star Trek series where they, were, where they had to fight funny. Utilidor. Or like a James Bond movie. Yeah. That separated visitors from employees. It soon became obvious that the water table in the Lake Buena Vista area and Florida in general was too high to build anything underground, however. This is the part that I think is fascinating. It is fascinating. You're right. So Disney's tunnels aren't actually underground at all. Disney conquered the challenge of Florida's swampy terrain provided with yet another illusion. He built the Utilidor at ground level and simply covered it with the park itself on the next. Level? <laughs> Is there a word missing there? Engineers added an imperceptible... No, he built the Utilidor at ground level and simply covered it with the park itself on the next. Level. 
level. <laughs> <laughs> Engineers added an imperceptible incline leading into onto leading the onto the ground, and visitors wouldn't even realize they had climbed an extra fifteen feet when they stepped into the Magic Kingdom with the tunnels below. That I think that I think that's so fascinating that you actually walk so what came up first the tunnels. That's interesting. Like he, they did the tunnels, and then they built the park on top of the tunnels. But they have the incline going so gradually, you don't realize that you're going up. So this was like a newer park, and he decided to solve issues he saw at other parks with these tunnels. Yep. Right? Okay. Yep. Uh, the Utilidor connects the parts themed lands in a circular route from Adventureland and Fantasyland to Liberty Square and Tomorrowland. At the center lies Main Street, USA, which leads to two offshoot tunnels that lead straight to Frontierland and Fantasyland. The Utilidor is no basic set of tunnels, however. It includes the Mouseketeria, <laughs> where employees eat lunch, uh, Kingdom Cutters, makeup and salon station, as well as locker rooms and a rehearsal space. The central operations room controlling the entire park's animatronics and lights is down there, too. The park's character zoo housed 1.2 million of the Magic Kingdom's costumes in the That's tunnel. crazy. <laughs> that <laughs> is crazy. That's a lot of costumes. Until 2005 when it was moved to an above ground warehouse. I would imagine if there were even just the slight chance of like flooding, you wouldn't want all that <gasps> no, housed No, you'd down lose there. all those costumes. Well, you'd lose everything that's down there, but yeah. For decades, people outside the park didn't really know about the tunnels. Nowadays, although the Utilidor still functions as a way of keeping the Magic Kingdom's illusion alive, the theme park has pulled back the curtain for the curious. Guests who, guests who buy tickets for the Keys to the Kingdom tour are able to walk the tunnels themselves and witness Disney's underground vision firsthand. Yep. I just think that's cool. It is cool. I realized that wasn't a city, but I wanted to put it in there because mm. I like the Disney. Probably is big enough to be a city. Yeah. So my next one is Dallas, Texas. This comes from theculturetrip.com from an article called, quote, A Look Inside Dallas's Underground Tunnels. Article says, quote, Deep below the bustling streets of downtown Dallas, a labyrinth of underground tunnels weave and curve beneath one of the most dynamic areas of the city. Unknown to many locals, the Dallas Pedestrian Network connects many of the downtown's biggest skyscrapers, businesses, and residential buildings. Comprising three miles of tunnels, the Dallas Pedestrian Nest Network was the brainchild of urban developer Vincent Ponte. Starting in 1969, his plan influenced development in Dallas throughout the 70s and 80s by including underground tunnels and passageways for residents and visitors to get around the downtown area without suffering from rain or extreme Texas heat. In the 90s, the tunnels were blamed for the significant loss of foot traffic and, ultimately, the economic downturn of many stores and businesses on the street level of downtown Dallas. Mm, I could imagine that. Today, the tunnels still exist, but not in the way originally envisioned by Ponte. Parts of the tunnel system have been shut off due to building closures and new development plans, while others are now privately owned, requiring a key to enter. Hmm. The tunnels are also closed on the nights and weekends, meaning the only time to explore these tunnels is during the busy downtown work week. All of this to say they're still an attraction worth checking out. A fascinating aspect of Dallas that most locals and travelers don't know about, the tunnels offer a fun weekday exploration experience. The most common entrances are at the Thanksgiving Square, Renaissance Tower, One Main Place, and Bank of America Plaza, though they can be a bit hard to find as most buildings don't have signs for them. Generally, entrances can be found by taking the elevator to the garage or looking for a set of stairs that goes down past the street level. Luckily, maps can be found that provide looks at which tunnels are accessible. 
Once inside, the tunnels are air-conditioned and are well-kept as many office workers in downtown Dallas still use them to get around. Explorers can check out tunnels containing local art and small businesses before grabbing a snack at one of the city's subterranean food courts and heading above ground to explore the best attractions Dallas has to offer above ground. Hmm. I just think that's cool. I, I, it was a good idea, mm-hmm. but then you realize that people aren't going to pop into your store because right? they're walking through the underground tunnels yeah. to get to where they need to go. So maybe not a lot of foresight right. when, they, when they made that, but I just think it's cool. And like pictures of it, it looks like it looks really neat. This next, the one that you're going to be reading was actually suggested by Logan. Like Logan said, Logan said, if you guys do tunnels, talk about Minneapolis. Okay. St. Paul, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities. So this is for you, Logan. Uh, From, it says St. Paul has the labyrinth. Labyrinth. (laughs) There's an I in there that shouldn't be there. (laughs) I ain't got time to make everything perfect. (laughs) The Minnesota Daily August 2nd, 2017 article is titled Explorers Brave Twin Cities Underground. Oh, I like like this one. I have no problem problem going into a tunnel network. I don't want to go into a labyrinth. True. (laughs) There's a big difference. And also, isn't this the one where people are like super protective of them? Yes. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that either. Um, deep below St. Paul streets sprawls a web of abandoned utility tunnels, the remnants of a once great underground service system. These tunnels, known as the Labyrinth, now lie in semi-abandonment, discarded by their original owners and frequented only by the subterranean prospectors of our time, urban explorers. By the way, there's some great urban exploration videos on YouTube yeah. channels. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't agree with some of it when like when they're breaking into places. They try they to sh- keep it secret, which they talk about in here, because they're like, guys, if if we tell you where this is, it's going to get destroyed. Yeah, there are a lot of people who go and don't. Well, touch there, there's anything. like there's like reputable urban explorers yeah. that, but then there's ones that are very careless. And yes, one hundred percent, I agree. I have I have mixed I have conflicting feelings mm-hmm. on the urban exploration stuff. Just like their Wild West counterparts, the urban exploring community is a territorial, gritty bunch with often conflicting claims to the tunnels and caves that permeate the Twin Cities. This territorial attitude has kept the 70-mile-long labyrinth safe from excessive foot traffic, tourists, and police presence. Yeah, that's insane. But some explorers have found the very protective streak that guards the tunnels can also exclude the urban exploring or urbex community. There's one guy I follow on YouTube called Urbex Hill. And he, I don't know, I, I can't say I love you, dude, but I can't say that some of this stuff isn't staged because he has a lot of creepy stuff happen to him. Oh. Part of it is running into other people. Yeah. And he's in Cleveland, I think, Ohio, which is like not a great place. Yeah. It's kind of dangerous. Yeah. So really good to watch, though. Entertaining. People are very territorial. They're like, this is my cave. I want to be able to come back here, said Junior Nathan... Anderson. Anderson. He's a junior like in high school? I'm guessing. Okay. An explorer in the Twin Cities. Anderson has yet to crack into the labyrinth, but not for lack of trying. With the aid of vague maps posted on Urbex websites and a knack for spelunking, he's found eight entrances around the city. None so far have panned out. About three months into exploring, I found out about, quote, in parentheses, the labyrinth, Anderson said. And I was like, this is the holy grail. On July 27, Anderson gave a photographer and me a tour of one of Minneapolis's slightly less lauded subterranean venues, a sandstone cave. With eight offshoots, this grotto was just a fraction of the labyrinth's size. 
Before scheduling the visit, Anderson asks us not to name the cave. While not nearly as prized or occult as the labyrinth, he fears it will be closed if police catch when it was re- reopened. A lot of it has to do with safety, too. People are just stupid. Yeah. Of course, reopened is a loose term, given urban exploring was the main reason the cave was shut down. That and the opening we scrambled down was barely a foot wide. That's where they lost me. <laughs> when the opening was a foot wide? Nope. Nope. Anderson checked before the expedition that both journalists and photographer could squeeze in at a relatively lean five feet, seven inches and five feet, 11 inches. We scraped through no, at five, I, five. You wouldn't even catch me. I get anxiety thinking just about thinking about going into Same. that. I watched Josh Gates, who's got to be like <laughs> six, three or something, squeezing himself into tiny holes. And I'm like, dude, I mean, thank you for doing it so that we can watch you. But no, no. Dating back to 1865, the labyrinth's massive tangle includes telephone, gas, and trolley line tunnels. Now mostly abandoned, the labyrinth is so vast it has been compared to Paris's catacombs. But like most well-preserved locations, it remains under lock and key, masked by explorers who want to protect it, which I think is cool. In the Twin Cities, a more prolific, if slightly less detailed, Urbex website known as Action Squad serves a similar purpose to bolster alienated explorers. The website remains popular even though the group has disbanded. Founded in 1996, Action Squad was a band of curious Twin City explorers who documented years of missions into the area's depths. The squad released heaps of information on Urbex sites in the cities and, because of their prolific writings, remains a point of contention in the community. One of their most disputed posts was an intricate map of the labyrinth in 2001, but details like street names and entrances were later stripped from the map, plunging the labyrinth back into obscurity. It's so fascinating. It's like a treasure hunt yeah, almost of. where there's this map, like yeah. a secretive map of how to get into this labyrinth. Today, groups like Action Squad and Forgotten World struggle to strike a balance between helping fellow scouts and protecting turf from vandals, arsonists, police, and inexperienced scouts who could get injured. Their fears are not without merit. In 2009, urban photographer Ian Talty died in tunnels near the labyrinth. The advent of the 2008 Republican National Convention also upped the security in the labyrinth and a maze of functional steam tunnels under the University of Minnesota lost its loyal adventurers to increased security measures like high-definition cameras and alarm systems. The cave Anderson navigated for us showed every sign of constant visitors. Nearly every wall was covered in tags and crude sketches. In one alcove, small candles littered the ground, and Anderson explained that the pockmarked wall, dubbed Stairway to Heaven, is a popular spot for candlelit Instagram photo shoots. A past explorer had tagged prom, question mark, on a (laughs) nearby wall. Bring his date down there. Yikes. I mean, hey, if you find a girl who's into that, you're... People were doing their Instagram photo shoots in... in Places like this just annoy me. Yeah, too. it's just weird. That's just old crotchety old man Kurt coming out. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> but Anderson said it was a YouTube video featuring a common hideout like this one that promoted a f- that prompted a fellow explorer to send him death threats. Death threats, people. Yep. He, his aggressor believed the video posted to Anderson's YouTube channel, Unseen Minnesota, overexposed his cave. They were saying, the next time I see you in my cave, I'll kill you, Anderson said. It's happened multiple times, people. It's a cave. Unless you're living there and it's like your home. It's not your cave. Similarly, a university professor who penned a book on the historical and geological aspects of Twin Cities' underground world was disparaged by the Urbex community for everything from criticizing online Urbex resources to revealing cave and tunnel entrances. He declined to comment to avoid further criticism. Wow, people are... Mm Mm-hmm. 
But also along with the tunnels, there's what? The Minneapolis Skyway. I love the Minneapolis Skyway. I've never been to Minneapolis. Skyway, also an awesome song by The Replacements. Oh, okay. FYI. From Wikipedia, the Minneapolis Skyway system is an interlinked collection of enclosed pedestrian footbridges that connect various buildings in 80 full city blocks over nine and a half miles of downtown Minneapolis. The Minneapolis Skyways connect the second or third floors of various office towers, hotels, banks, corporate and government offices, restaurants, and retail stores to the Nicolette Mall Shopping District, the Mayo Clinic Square. I have been to Minneapolis because I took my dad. When when I was there, I think in 96 for the Mystery Science Theater Convention, Mm. we took the Skyway a lot. Like, and we got lost in the Skyway because it's just... Every every place has a skyway connecting the buildings, and we just got massively yeah. lost. So I have been to the Mayo Clinic, and I forgot about that. But it's actually really common for hospital buildings to be connected by skyways. Mammoth so, Walk, Holy Family Hospital has a skyway yeah. that gets from one side to That's the other common. side of the road. Uh, where did I leave off? And the sports facilities at Target Center, Target Field, and U.S. Bank Stadium. Several condominium and apartment complexes are Skyway connected as well, allowing residents to live, work, and shop downtown without having to leave the Skyway system. The 1987 album Pleased to Meet Me by The Replacements contained a song entitled Skyway. The song used the Skyway as a metaphor for unrequited love. Ah, such a good song. Cool. I love Minneapolis. Like I'm not like I've, I've talked about it on here. I'm not a big city guy. Two big cities that I've been in that I love are Boston and Minneapolis, St. Mm. Paul. Like I love, 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 love there. What time are we looking at? I feel like this might be a longer episode than I anticipated because we have a lot to go yet. An hour 24. Yeah. That's not bad. Well, we got a lot to go. Okay. And the last city that I'm going to talk about that we researched is Seattle. This was fascinating because I knew nothing about this. From Wikipedia, at approximately 2.20 p.m. on June 6, 1889, an accidentally overturned glue pot in a carpentry shop started the most destructive fire in the history of Seattle, Washington. After this great Seattle fire, new construction was required to be of masonry, and the town streets were regarded one or two, or were regraded to be one or two stories higher. Pioneer Square had originally been built mostly on filled-in tidelands and often flooded. The new street level also kept sewers draining into Elliott Bay from backing up at high tide. At first, pedestrians had to climb ladders to go between street level and sidewalks in front of the building entrances. Brick archways were constructed next to the road surface above the submerged sidewalks. Vault lights, a form of walk-on skylight with small panes of clear glass, which later became amethyst-colored, were installed over the gap from the raised street in the building, creating the area now called the Seattle Underground. When they reconstructed their buildings, merchants and landlords knew that the ground floor would eventually be underground and the next floor up would become the new ground floor, so there is very little decoration on the doors and windows of the original ground floor, but extensive decoration on the new ground floor. That's crazy to me that it, they're just like, screw it. We're just going to mm-hmm. rebuild the city one level higher. <laughs> yeah. Once the new sidewalks were complete, building owners moved their businesses to the new ground floor, although merchants carried on business in the lowest floors of the buildings that survived the fire, and pedestrians continued to use the underground sidewalks lit by the vault lights, which are still seen today on some streets, embedded in the grade level sidewalk above. 
1907, the city condemned the underground for fear of bubonic plague. The basements were left to deteriorate or used as storage. Some became illegal flop houses for the homeless, gambling halls, speakeasies, and opium dens. And today, you can take tours of a small portion of the underground. What's all the opium dens? I don't know. But I love that they're like, eh, let's just yeah. rebuild the city one level higher. That's so now funny. there's this whole like subterranean level that was the original Crazy, underground. And now there's another one. I imagine there are people living down there. Yeah. So now this next stuff comes from an atlasobscura.com article called, quote, What You Told Us About Your Hometown's Hidden Tunnels. I really enjoyed this. Stuff. Yeah. Like, I thought this was cool. So Chris is going to read three okay. of these. Milford, Connecticut. Our town was founded in 1639. One day there was a small sinkhole. Ugh. Sinkholes are like a Sinkholes fear creep of you mine. Out, seriously? They really creep me out. Yeah. You hear about people disappearing and never being found again. Yeah. That would be horrifying. In uh, a small sinkhole that developed in the sidewalk in front of my aunt's house. Her house was about a quarter mile from the harbor. The city engineers investigated and found that it was part of a tunnel system that were escape tunnels leading to a small hidden beach by the harbor. I was pretty young at the time, so I don't remember exactly, but they were either from the Revolutionary War or the Civil War. This one's from Claire, Michigan. Not my hometown, but the nearest city to where my parents retired in lower central Michigan. The legendary Purple Gang of Jailhouse Rock fame would hole up in the only hotel in town, the Doherty. They installed a tunnel between the hotel and the pharmacy across the street. The upper floor of the pharmacy was a speakeasy and brothel. Part of the tunnel was uncovered during recent road repairs, so it was definitely real. I remember, I don't know if it was just discovered, but between, I might have even talked about this, between a church in Manitowoc and Kitty Corner from it, there's a bar and they found that there was a tunnel that connected the church to the bar, like from the room where, for weddings, the groomsmen got ready. Oh. So it's like the groomsmen could use the tunnel to go kitty corner under yeah. the road to the bar. Okay. You know, so I thought that I was really interesting. Outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ottawa. 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 Thank you. That's, that's where radar was from on MASH. Oh, Ottawa. It's from Ottawa, Iowa. Iowa. That's why you know how to pronounce that. Yep. Although you look at it and now that you say yeah. that, that makes sense. Al Capone once had a hideaway mansion here and had a network of tunnels to avoid authorities. One series connected to an earlier network built in our downtown, and the other was a main line that ended at a garage-sized terminal in a cemetery for Capone's getaway car. That tunnel also connected to his mansion, which was only a block. You hear away. a lot about Al Capone having tunnels like mm. everywhere in Wisconsin yeah. too, because Up he, north. he yeah. Okay, so here are some from the same article. Minneapolis, Minnesota. There is an old Masonic temple, currently a school for hairstylists, that the Grateful <laughs> Dead once played. That's a okay. weird... That's like a weird... <laughs> wow. There's an old Masonic temple, which is currently a school for hairstylists, that the Grateful Dead once played, that has a tunnel running from the basement to an adjacent building that is now a piercing studio. No one really knows why the tunnel is there or what it was used for. Hmm. Great From Grand Island, Nebraska... I purchased the historic seven-story Masonic, a lot of Masonic temples, yeah. Masonic temple built in 1925 in Grand Island. A magnificent building, it had secret rooms befitting a Masonic building. As a group of urban explorers from Chicago visited me, we searched the basement and found a strange cinder block wall that just didn't seem right. After some liquid courage, the men and one, women, one woman took turns with a sledgehammer knocking a hole into the wall. We found the beginnings of an old steam tunnel. As many cities in the Midwest, the city produced electricity and as a byproduct, sold steam to downtown buildings. 
That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they sold steam, that that's what steam tunnels were for. There was lots of sand, but we burrowed through it to find about three blocks worth. Armed with flashlights, we found tunnels tall enough to comfortably walk through two by two. Dark, smelly, and dangerous because we felt not enough cold air could get to us, or enough air could get to us, we were cautious. The steam pipes have been removed. We were convinced the tunnel had been not had not been used since the 1940s, and our guest was our guest was confirmed quietly by city officials and told to seal the entrance. So I resealed the entrance the following week. Hmm. I think it's interesting that they found these tunnels that people probably haven't been in for decades. Yeah, for sure. And then they went in them, but I'd also be like, what am I inhaling? Uh, yeah. Down here. Right. And Urbana, Illinois. There are steam tunnels under the University of Illinois campus that connect many of the buildings that were once used for heating. These tunnels still exist, and students have been known to explore them after hours. There are vents along the tunnels that provide access on the quad. I think a lot, like Madison has... has I'm sure. Like every big college campus has... Well, Madison just is our capital, too. There's got to be tunnels. There's steam tunnels. I know there's steam tunnels under Madison, but it's Mm -hmm. like all these... Big colleges have, you know, Mm -hmm. where there's just so many of them, and some people sometimes people go missing. Missing, Yeah. No, you're Krista Reed's three. I was speaking of going, like I was actually going to say this. I wanted to interject really quickly before I forget, so I don't forget. We have a new strangeling. Oh yes, 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 yes. Danielle Jacobs and Cody, who is also a listener, um, welcomed Adelaide Kirsten Stephanie Jacobs. Yay, congratulations. On the 8th, so congratulations. New baby strangeling. Uh, East Lansing, Michigan. There is a network of steam tunnels beneath Michigan State University that has allegedly hosted cults, bodies, and Dungeons and Dragons games. What what do you think hosting bodies consists of? <laughs> I just think somebody, somebody died what does there? That mean? I don't know. They're hosting the bodies, though. Well, they are. Um, oh boy! <laughs> yeah, sorry about the next one. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to delete this actually. Oh right, I I was reading it. I'm like, thanks, Kurt. Do thanks we want to? Do we want to talk about that? Uh, let me talk. Let me do it because I can bleep it out. Not bleep it Don't out, but cover stuff. it. I can cover it a little bit. Okay, thank you. This one's from Ellensburg, Washington. Between 1999 and 2000, the campus of Central Washington University was plagued by a self-pleasuring mystery man who would appear out of nowhere, do his thing in view of some unfortunate female victim, and then disappear before he could be caught. This went on for months, causing the campus and city police considerable embarrassment due to their inability to get a handle on the increasingly brazen criminal. The small town became obsessed with the rumors about who the perpetrator was and why the incompetent police couldn't pin him down. Some began speculating that maybe the villain himself was a police officer, Eventually, the campus self-pleasurer got too cocky and was apprehended when he tried a mid-afternoon attack. Got too cocky. Upon searching the house he was renting, the police discovered a key to the campus's subterranean system of heating tunnels that could be accessed from many of the university buildings, leading investigators to believe that this was the reason why he would able to be able to do his thing mm-hmm. and then disappear so quick is because he had access to those tunnels. Oh, funny. So, Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. Moving right along to Everett, (laughs) Washington. When I was going to Sequoia High School, the former principal once told me about a tunnel that supposedly exists under the school. The buildings that are now the high school and the gym were built during the Franklin D. Roosevelt New Deal era. 
She told me that it was constructed as an underground means of escape from one building to the other in the event of an emergency. Apparently, it was also used as part of an initiation for the new principals who were made to run through the pitch black tunnel before assuming their post. That, that just sounds made up. That's cool. I don't know, Sorry. but that's cool. I think that's cool. Oh, and just heads up, we know we're a paranormal podcast, so there is ghost stuff coming yeah. up towards the end. We had to throw a lot of ghost stuff in there towards the end. So here are some more from that article. Cape Cod, Massachusetts. There are two bridges to get onto the Cape, the Sagamore Bridge and the Bourne Bridge. Locals and tourists alike know that bridge traffic during the summer months is no fun thing. But locals know about the super secret, but not really so secret anymore because it's on bumper stickers all over the place. (laughs) Cape Cod Tunnel, the hidden route to get on and off the Cape without all the traffic. Is it real? Is it fake? I'm a local, so I'm staying mum. From Toronto, Ontario. There is an old story that there are tunnels under the Cabbage Town, Corktown areas of Toronto. A guy claims that he wandered into a cave-like hole and was greeted by a furry animal with glowing eyes and sharp teeth. It hissed at him, go away, repeatedly. Ew. Yeah. Salt Lake City, Utah. Underneath the LDS temple in the middle of downtown Salt Lake City, there are tunnels that spread out in all directions. More than likely, the tunnels were built to help employees of the church to walk back and forth between the temple and their offices. Also underneath Temple Square, which is basically just a block of church buildings, there are tunnels connecting them. The ones that have been the ones that have been seen, people have described them as being comfortable, carpeted, well-lit, and boring. There's also supposedly a tunnel between the city council building and the city library where the jail used to be to transport prisoners between them. Rumor has it that Ted Bundy was the last prisoner to walk through the tunnel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, Krista reads. Farabalt, Minnesota. Did I say that right? I think Farabalt. so. Before Prohibition, the beer brewed in my hometown was stored in limestone caves tunneled into the side of a dry river bluff. Once Prohibition hit, that changed, and the caves were used to age various cheese. Are you sure this isn't a Wisconsin <laughs> no. thing? <Which> Minnesota, <laughs> min- we're not the ones. Probably... We don't have the corner of, of the cheese market. Minnesota, mm. Minnesota's got cheese, I feel like too. we do, actually. No. <laughs> I feel like we make more cheese than anyone else does, but they're probably a close second. Which the town I became... think California makes a ton of cheese. I think so, too. Um, they're always talking about their happy cows. <laughs> Our cows are happy. You don't Our know. cows are happy. They like being cold yeah. and frozen. Do they? Mm. And the not. caves were used to age various cheese, which the town became somewhat known for. While relatively innocuous, there was a dark side to this. You see, the caves ran deep under the east side of town, even under Chatuck St. Mary's Preparatory School and the old mental hospital by the river. Oh, the old mental hospital by <laughs> the river. Cool. Yeah, my, one of my favorite old time songs, <laughs> yep. the old mental hospital down by the river. At least it's not a van. <laughs> I heard two stories about this growing up. One, that two kids from Chatuck in the 1950s found the tunnel entrance under the school and went exploring. They disappeared, but the school closed off that branch of the tunnels and covered it up like it never happened. The other, slightly more sinister, is this. In the 1980s, the Farabalt State Mental Institution was shut down, ostensibly due to lack of funding during the Reagan administration. But the real reason is that the director was a monster, responsible for the drug overdoses of several young teenage boys who who he had groomed while they were hospitalized and for the pregnancies of several hospitalized young women whose babies disappeared. Wow. That sounds very urban legendy. Yeah, it kind of does. I hope it is an urban legend. Yeah. Once his crimes were made known, he took his own life before he could face justice. 
I was always told that those loyal to him buried his victims in a secret tunnel near the hospital, said to be a forgotten branch of the Cheese Caves. So that's the Cheese Caves. The Cheese Caves. There you go. Krista continues. Krista continues. So there's a lot of stuff underground, but it's not just tunnels and walkways. There's some huge There stuff. is some huge stuff underground, which is pretty crazy. Montreal. Montreal's underground city, or Rezo. Rezo, I think it's pronounced. I think so. Is an impressive subterranean pedestrian network that spans 20 miles of tunnels. The network is largely climate controlled, making it a perfect escape from Montreal's harsh weather conditions, especially during winter. You can find over 1,600 shops and facilities within the city, and it connects three major shopping malls, hotels, offices, and more. It's also a great way to get to the metro or spots like Place Plasta Plasta Arts and Chinatown. It's easy to get lost, so join a walking tour to help you navigate the city and discover all the cool art and architecture. It's crazy. 1,600 shops. I've seen pictures of yeah. this, and it's like a huge mall. Yeah, and it's like a hmm. huge mall, like wow. underground. So this next one... That would be kind of scary to me unless there were a lot of exit points. Yeah. Like if something but went if it, down it depends, and you You might not there, even know that you're... But what if something happened know. down there? How do you get out? I don't know. That's what I want to know. This next one is fascinating. I've known about this for a while, and I wanted to fit it into some episodes, so now I'm finally putting it in. It is the Abo Elementary School. The Abo Elementary School in Artesia, New Mexico, United States, was the first public school in the United States constructed entirely underground and equipped to function as an advanced fallout shelter. Designed at the height of the Cold War and completed in 1962, the school has a concrete slab roof which doubles as the school's playground. That's so crazy. The entire school is underground. Okay. And you come up to the cement roof. I guess they're safe from tornadoes. Yeah. It contained a large storage facility with room for emergency rations and supplies for up to 2,160 people in the event of nuclear warfare or other catastrophe. Abo contains multiple drinking water wells, a cafeteria, food storage, bedding and supplies for over 2,000 people, air, air filtration systems, and an emergency power generation system, decontamination systems, carpet, and a morgue. So carpet. Pretty, it, yeah. Also carpet. Carpet and a morgue. <laughs> so it's nice having a morgue in your elementary school, I guess. It's the carpeting guess. that does it for me. It is. Yeah, I don't know why they had to throw carpet in there. <laughs> Educators, school administrators, and government officials soon realized that such measures would be inadequate, especially if the school received a direct hit from an atomic blast or was within the immediate blast radius of the weapon. Other departments of education and administrators rejected such plans because of their concern for the psychological well-being of their students, who they believed would, quote, be constantly reminded of the possibility of a nuclear war. Mm-hmm if kept in such a school for extended periods of time. And I get that. Yeah. Like if you're an elementary school student and you're going underground to school every day because you're afraid of a nuclear war, that's going to, that's going to affect, yeah. you know, you, yeah. only, you only come out to the cement roof for as the playground. Yeah. That's just crazy. Federal studies concluded that the students suffered no long-term effects from their time in Abo, and many students who suffered from chronic allergies or asthma were transferred to Abo as its advanced air filtration systems reduced the impact of dust storms and allergens. So that actually makes sense. Indeed, these studies concluded that many students' health improved as a result of extended time in the underground school. The Abo Elementary School was shut down in 1995 as a result of increased maintenance costs, aging mechanical mechanical equipment and difficulties associated with removing asbestos from the underground windowless structure a new school the yeso elementary school was built next door and abo was converted into a storage facility 
It's just crazy to me thinking of an elementary school that's completely yeah. underground. No windows. No. So would they have stuff on the walls to like make it look? Simulate? I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know. There's something. There's something. That. There's something weird about there that. There is. Uh, this is from thedrive.com, an article titled Welcome to Subtropolis, a giant underground industrial park and road network built in an old mine. What could go wrong? <laughs> in 1964, businessman Lamar Hunt decided to pull the trigger on Subtropolis, which is, you guessed it, a massive underground metropolis. Well, it's an industrial park, but who's counting? Built in a former mine site 150 feet below the surface of Kansas City, Missouri. No. <laughs> I'm just saying no. Nope. The facility isn't just a tunnel with the occasional outcropping for offices. It's 1,100 acres or about 1.7 square miles of room and pillar mine, meaning there's a massive grid of 16-foot high, 40-foot wide tunnels running through the entire facility, separated by 25-foot square limestone pillars. 25-foot square limestone pillars. Wow. Yeah. Because of this layout, there are more than seven miles of paved roads running through the subtropolis and several miles of rail for trains as well. While parts of it make no effort to hide the mine origins, huge stone columns appear to be a common sight. The unique conditions are actually ideal for a variety of businesses. According to Bloomberg, 1,600 people worked in the subtropolis as of 2015. I, I think I would... I don't think I could work in a skyscraper no. or oh, in, this, in this mine underground. Yeah, I agree. Many companies choose the location due the, to the relatively low rent, gee, I wonder why, and the constant 68-degree climate. Burr. I would just be cold. Would, you, all, would, you, you would love it. I would love it. You'd be freezing all the time. i have a blanket on me all day. I do <laughs> at my go job to work now. in a Snuggie. <laughs> the po what's wrong late cramp oh <laughs> goodness what's happening the postal service and a data storage facility count homes there as do thousands of rolls of film kept in the underground labyrinth to which makes good sense which makes complete control, sense yeah to prevent them from degrading classic pictures like the wizard of oz and gone with the wind are both kept in subtropolis that's really cool uh-huh the National Archives and Records Association also keeps tax records and federal court documents at the facility. So it amazes, mm. like I didn't even, I wanted to talk about uh, Mount Weather. Mm. That's like, uh, what, what, what's it called? Contin continuity of government? Continuity. Continuity of government. Like they have all these locations that are these huge underground complexes yeah, so or inside mountains where if something happens, yeah. government will go. Yep. It amazes me how much stuff there is underground mm -hmm. oh my god my leg hurts that how much stuff there about. is underground you need to get up and walk around no, I'm okay. walk it off i'm okay we're getting to haunted stuff now no now no. we're getting a conspiracy time Ooh, nice. this was interesting okay. this website's a little out there this is from the freedomarticles.com an article from 2015 called the possible underground tunnel connection to walmart Speculation is mounting after Walmart's shocking and abrupt decision to shut down five of its stores, each for six months, in four different states, California, Texas, Oklahoma, and Florida. Apparently, employees were given only five hours notice. They were also given 60 days severance pay. The official excuse given by Walmart is plumbing problems, which is sheer nonsense. It does not take six months to repair a few toilets or even to replace a sewer line. Why at so many locations in at fact, the same time? Yeah, it is weird. 
I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying I buy it, but it is weird. In fact, Walmart could erect an entire new store within that time frame. Giant corporations run on greed and profits. It's unthinkable to think that they would willingly forego six months of revenue for such a small problem. That's true. So what's really going on? It's not just labor activism. Is Walmart perhaps preparing for some massive event due to come? Are they connecting to the U.S. underground tunnel system? Walmart could well be gearing up to become a governmental distribution center in an emergency, created or otherwise, or in a martial law scenario. In that kind of situation, Walmart could be the hub, like Camp FEMA, where people are being sent to be forcibly vaccinated, where dissidents and activists are sent to be forcibly detained, or, I hope it would never come to this, where the public is being sent to be forcibly microchipped. I see where the conspiracy theories come in. Yeah. It's also unsurprising to those who are paying attention that Walmart in this video is using local police to guard its perimeter. Further proof that Walmart is joined at the hip with the federal government and also evidence that Walmart is hiding something pretty big. Hmm. Phil Schneider, who we've mentioned in the past, was a brave whistleblower who had firsthand knowledge of America's vast underground tunnel network. He personally worked in the DUMS, deep underground military bases. According to his account, he even had a shootout with an aggressive extraterrestrial working in one of the deep underground military bases. Due to his courage in speaking out, he was, quote, suicided. However, thanks to him and others, we know the underground tunnel network is extensive. We know it connects to the New World Order Airport of Denver, Colorado, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And we know, thanks to some other truth tellers like Stephen Kelly, that these underground tunnels don't just connect to military bases and installations. They also connect to the rich houses of the elite. Kelly talks about the underground tunnels connecting to houses and the Getty Museum surrounding Los Angeles. Other people have captured great videos of truck drivers entering the underground tunnel network with supplies. Given that, there's ample reason to believe that Walmart could be connecting its stores to the underground tunnel network. Take a look at this map which overlays the five closed Walmart stores and a rough map of what we believe is the existing underground tunnel system underneath American soil. Although it's feasible to believe that Walmart is connecting to the underground tunnel network, as other military installations, military bases, airports, and private elite houses have done, there's still a lot of mystery surrounding the event. Why now? Why so abruptly? Why couldn't they have planned this out so as not to draw so much attention? At this stage, we can only speculate. However, some activists can pierce the police guard and capture more photos, hopefully. It could indicate that a large event is coming down the pipeline. And a couple comments from people under that article, somebody writes, quote, I can't claim to know what is going on at these Walmarts, but I do know there is something really off about this. I live about 30 minutes away from Livingston, Texas, where the closest Walmart to me is closing. When I first heard it was closing because of plumbing issues, I was mad because that meant I'd have to drive for at least an hour to the next nearest Walmart. But then I heard about these other four Walmarts closing for the same exact reason. So I got curious and did my research and found that something wasn't adding up. Now I heard that the closed Walmarts have been seen with completely full parking lots. I even looked at some pictures, but most of them were only shots of a section of the parking lot. Well, my mom just started a new job in Livingston and she confirmed it with me yesterday. She said, quote, the whole lot was slam packed with cars and none of them were labeled plumbing trucks. She doesn't go back until Friday, but she said she would get a picture for me, so I plan on uploading it. Like I said, I don't know what's going on, but something's not right. Hmm. Somebody else writes, I want to share my experience. I lived in New Mexico for several years. I lived in a little valley not far from Los Alamos and Santa Fe. Walmart was the main store in town, and it was the only one. <coughs> and get this, it closed for almost seven months. It may have even been longer. I happened to live in the neighborhood situated directly across the street from the store. All night long for several months, my husband and I heard noises that sounded like underground drilling. 
What's more, a few times we were kept awake by the noise. So I walked down the road to the front end of our front of our neighborhood. And this would be like 3 a.m. or so. And what did I see? I saw front end loaders carrying shovelfuls of dirt out of the inside of the store via the garden center exit and loading dump trucks full of dirt. What I, does underground drilling sound like? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I'd recognize that. I concluded that they were had to be they they had to be tunneling underground. The store reported that they were working on the plumbing underneath the store. I found that hard to believe. And why would they be working on it in the middle of the night anyway? Weird. It's well known tunnels exist around Los Alamos and northern New Mexico and much of Colorado. But here, how is a Walmart involved? They are mm. somehow. Wouldn't you like to go in there and find an entrance to the tunnel and have a look see? So then Snopes, the famous debunker, Snopes, yep, yep. from an April 23, 2015 article called, quote, Walmart Closure Conspiracy Theory says, rumors began to swirl in April 2015 when several Walmart stores around the U.S. were abruptly closed due to what they claimed were, quote, plumbing problems. All of a sudden, all these Walmarts closed their doors with Walmart corporate announcing that some of those outlets would be shuttered for six months or more. Several aspects of these closures struck Walmart employees and shoppers as implausible. How was it that several stores in widely dispersed areas of the U.S. with nothing in common all needed to be shut down at the same time in order to address plumbing problems? Yeah, that's weird. Why were all these stores closed with barely more than a few hours notice to Walmart customers and employees? Why should rectifying plumbing issues require that these stores be closed for upwards of six months? Why the seeming lack of required city work permits and marked septic or plumbing trucks at the affected locations? In the absence of more satisfying explanations, skeptical onlookers developed numerous conspiracy theories about the real reasons behind the closures. The closed Walmart stores were being converted into giants, giant entrance facilities for a network of deep underground tunnels that the U.S. military would use to link deep underground tunnel or deep underground military bases and to secretly transport troops across the U.S. But why risk public exposure, exposure by building all these entrances in existing Walmart stores when the federal government owns plenty of land all over the country, which right. is true. Mm -hmm. And unless the military only intended to move troops to and from a handful of states, they would need other entrances and exits. So where were those going to be located? And how would the military have covered their construction? Hmm. So I don't know. It, it's weird. Some of it is weird to me. But I'm not buying the plumbing excuse, but I don't know if it's what they're getting at. I mean, who well, knows? What they're getting at, I think, is that these Walmarts are during whatever upheaval is coming are going to be used to detain citizens. How old is this article? 2015. Oh. That they're going to be used to detain sit like there were right. all these rumors that FEMA had all this stuff planned that something was going to happen that they were going to detain a large majority of the American population and, and tunnels and the tunnels and well the tunnels <laughs> would also provide for like transporting goods mm -hmm. like if these tunnels did connect to Walmart it would be nothing for Walmart to get a shipment and then to yeah. move them into these tunnels hmm. but at the other hand people wouldn't these people that work at this one like i'm when i go to a new place i'm like super nosy i'm like what's behind this door what's behind mm -hmm. this door if you were working at one of these walmarts wouldn't you wonder why this door was always locked mm. you know like i i don't see these walmarts having a secret door to this uh, this vast right. underground tunnel network mm -hmm. but a lot of people believe that walmart stores are connected basically to these to this huge underground tunnel network hmm. as a detaining center and as a way to supply okay so i don't know that's that's yeah, what i got for that i don't know 
I, I don't, I don't know if I buy, there's a whole ton of tunnels underneath the United States, but I don't know if I buy that the, that there's this vast network that right. are connected. I think there's a lot of tunnels, but I don't necessarily think they're all connected, connected yeah. unless these tunnels are all on one level and this top secret tunnel network is at a way lower level. I don't know. Well, just think of the vast amount of space between these cities too. Yeah. Like rural, yeah. miles and miles and miles yeah. of rural areas. But, you know, like what like it's the last season of Skinwalker Ranch, which I've just become obsessed with. Somebody did this lidar search and and they said there is a tunnel or at least one tunnel underneath hmm. like a military tunnel. So, hmm. I I do think that there's these secret tunnels, but I don't think that it's this vast network of like a conspiracy right thing yeah but now now we get into the ghost stuff now we talk about some haunted tunnels uh i'll these come from three different sites the lineup.com article quote the 10 scariest tunnels in the world the wonderlist.com article quote 10 haunted tunnels with really creepy backstories and the listverse.com article quote 10 haunted tunnels do i start you do two of them okay um Mine have numbers in front of them. Does yep. that matter? No. just You can just do okay. five and four. Hoosack Tunnel. The Hoosack Tunnel. Western Massachusetts. This tunnel, which cuts almost five miles straight through Hoosack Mountain in the Berkshires, earned the nickname The Bloody Pit when it was being dug between 1851 and 1875. That doesn't sound good. I don't want to work at The Bloody Pit. No, I don't either. Sounds at like a good name for a restaurant, maybe. Or a, a metal band. <laughs> <laughs> or a metal man or a restaurant. <laughs> at least 100 and <laughs> restaurants. Going down to grab a burger at the Bloody Pit. <laughs> the Bloody Pit. <laughs> at least where all the burgers are rare. <laughs> at least 195 <laughs> workers died from the ex- from explosions, fires, and drownings. The crude tools they had to conquer the stone of the mountain were nitroglycerin, black powder, pickaxes, and brute strength. At least one of the deaths in the tunnel may have been a murder. In 1865, three explosives engineers, known as Brinkman, Nash, and Kelly, were working in the tunnel. Kelly set off one lar- one charge too early, burying his colleagues. Whoops. Ugh. Kelly disappeared not long afterwards and was found strangled to death in the tunnel. The murder was never solved. The murder was never solved. That came out funny. He may have been friends with Brink- friends of Brinkman and Nash. Oh, it may have been friends of Brinkman and Nash seeking vengeance, but many workers believed it was the spirits of the dead men that had done it. Well, come on, guys. <laughs> workers <laughs> reported hearing moans of pain and were too scared to enter the tunnel at night. The, a lot of mines and places like that are supposed to be haunted, but you think of the sheer amount of tragic deaths that have happened yeah. in those locations. And they don't know if the story about these three guys is true. That, right. that, is that an urban legend? That the one guy accidentally killed his two friends and then he was found strangled mm-hmm. and they don't know if it was friends of the friends that he killed mm-hmm. or if it was spirits. The worst of the many accidents during the constru- during construction occurred October 17th, 1867. Fumes leaking from a gas light met a candle and caused an explosion, sending a wave of flame and debris down <laughs> the main so shaft. Scary. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> 13 people died, and when a worker was lowered to investigate, he emerged sputtering and saying, no hope, no hope. The shaft flooded, and the bodies floated to the top. Yikes. After the 1867 disaster, people reported seeing apparitions of miners on the mountainside. A local hunter named Frank Webster disappeared near Hoosack Mountain. Is it Hoosack or Hosack? I think it's Hoosack. Hoosack. Three days later, an emergency search party found him stumbling on the banks of the Deerfield River. 
He was in a state of shock, and after the shock wore off, he said that he had been brought into the tunnel by distant voices. Once inside, he was greeted by unearthly and undead figures wandering the tunnels. Not all reports of the ghosts are bad. Joe Impoco worked in the tunnel in the 1970s and claimed that disembodied voices twice warned him of dangers and saved him from being flattened by a train. That's nice. That is nice. Uh, Number four, Churchill Tunnel, Richmond, Virginia. The Churchill Tunnel is now a tomb, but its claim to fame is not ghosts. It's a vampire. Two men are buried inside the tunnel along with an entire steam locomotive. The tunnel was built in 1875, but was already obsolete by 1902 when it was abandoned. In 1925, the city made an ill-fated attempt to reclaim the tunnel. It collapsed, killing two workers and burying the work train they had crawled under. One man did That's just such a frightening. I know. Fear. I just like, can't even imagine. Like the idea of it's collapsing, so you crawl under this train, but now you're trapped. You're buried under the buried train. alive. Just the claustrophobia. Yeah. One man did escape the collapse, and so did the Richmond vampire. According to the legend, the workers had awakened an ancient vampire who lived in the tunnel. As revenge, he brought it down on top of them. Wouldn't Wouldn't you think he'd be happy he got woken up? Yeah, or he could just bite them. I don't know like, why he had to bring the tunnel. Maybe down he was on top just super them. cranky. <laughs> Rescuers reportedly discovered the creature with jagged teeth and covered with blood crouching over one of its victims. The creature fled, according to legend, and now resides in a mausoleum in Richmond's Hollywood Cemetery. They know its what? address. They know its address, <laughs> apparently. So They must have caught it and put it in a mausoleum. <laughs> no, This totally sounds made up. <laughs> Several attempts were made over the years to recover the two bodies in the tunnel and bring out the old steam locomotive. But each attempt led to more collapses and sinkholes. So the unlucky workers remain where they are. That's that's there's that's, a whole lot of there's yeah. a whole lot of nope in there. Yeah, that, it's all nope. That's a, there's it's a lot, one lot big of nope. nope. That is one big nope. All right, number three, the screaming tunnel. You don't want to go in something called the screaming no. tunnel as it is. Bloody pit or the, the screaming tunnel. <laughs> the screaming tunnel, Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. Unknown by any other name, the screaming tunnel procures the number one spot on this list. This 125-foot tunnel was constructed to allow rainwater to drain safely from surrounding farmlands without washing out the railroad tracks. It is also a source of fear for locals as far as anyone can remember. Furthermore, the story behind it is totally appalling. However, there are three different clashing versions of the story. In one version, there was a farmhouse close to the southern entrance of the tunnel that caught fire. A young girl fled screaming from that house with her clothes engulfed in flames. She ran through the tunnel in search of water to put out her clothes, but she collapsed in the middle of the tunnel, perishing from her burns. Another version says a girl was set ablaze in the tunnel by her own father after he lost custody case to the girl's mother. The third, most disturbing version of the story states that the girl was assaulted by a man and her body was burned to hide the evidence. All these stories, however, are attributed to the legend that if you strike a match in the tunnel, the young girl's horrifying screams will fill the space and she will blow out the burning match. It's her screams that give the tunnel its name. People also report seeing shadowy figures lurking around the tunnel at night and hearing whispers coming from the tunnel. The tunnel's spooky atmosphere was used in the filming of the movie The Dead Zone based on the Stephen King novel. Hmm. Number two, the Big Bull Tunnel in Virginia, USA. Constructions of tunnels is risky work. Furthermore, in the 19th century, such tasks regularly brought about incidental deaths. All things considered, Big Bull Tunnel feels particularly evil. Two workers are known to have died in Big Bull. A man was scalped in 1901 and another fell off a train in 1904. 
Even before that, locals had claimed the tunnel was haunted. But its most famous story can be traced back to 1905 when an inspection was conducted by three railway railway (laughs) officials, Mr. John Peary, Mr. R.H. Galloway, and Mr. Rube Kearns. They guided a train through the tunnel and halted it right after the caboose emerged out of the tunnel. When Mr. John Peary entered the tunnel, he heard ghostly sounds coming from the brick wall that caused him to run out of the tunnel. Then Mr. Galloway and Mr. Kearns walked back into the tunnel with him. Upon reaching the point where Mr. Peary reported hearing the sounds, the three men stopped. They then heard the sounds of groans and cries coming from the brick wall of the tunnel. Upon hearing those sounds, Mr. Galloway demanded, What do you want? And the three men heard a voice saying, Remove that awful weight from my body. And then another voice added, quote, They are drinking my blood. Oh. Visiting the tunnel is prohibited as it is on private property, but trains still travel through it. And also apparently dangerous. And maybe the, apparently a vampire. Another vampire. Yeah. Maybe it's the same one. Me? Yep. Downingtown Tunnels in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. The Downingtown Tunnels are also called the Twin Tunnels, despite the fact that there are actually three tunnels. These tunnels were constructed from around 1860 to 1912 as a crossing for the railroad over the Valley Creek. It is highly recommended that the tunnel must not be visited at night as it is one of the most haunted tunnels on earth. How do you determine that? I don't know. (laughs) It's a bold claim. (laughs) One legend is about a woman who gave birth to an illegitimate baby. Scared of the consequences, the woman hanged herself using an electric wire in one of the tunnels while holding her baby. She died when the rope snapped her neck and her baby fell to its death on the hard surface below. That's rough. Some people claim to have seen the apparition of a woman swinging from her neck in the tunnels. Again, that sounds like an urban legend. The baby's cries are also heard throughout the tunnels. Another piece of folklore insists that a dark shadow man is seen walking through the tunnels, thought to be the ghost of the Irish worker who was killed during the construction. The ages of these stories makes it nearly impossible to confirm or deny the happenings, but the tragedy at these tunnels in 1995 is truly authentic. A dismembered body of a woman, her legs severed off, was found in a maroon suitcase by a fisherman. I can't imagine finding that. Guys, don't open random suitcases. Suitcases (laughs) In the woods or floating in a a river or whatever. Uh, A maroon suitcase by a fisherman just outside the second tunnel in the creek. The investigators were unable to find a match and the woman remains unidentified till date. To date. Six months after the suitcase was discovered, a pair of legs was found in the Middletown Township, Pennsylvania. They were believed to be hers. What? Yeah, because she didn't have her legs when she was in the... But it says in the previous paragraph, her legs... Oh, it was the body of her missing her her legs. Yeah, and then they found her... No, they found her legs later. Okay, so now they found her legs in the Middletown Township of Pennsylvania. They were believed to be hers. This murder has been added to the folklore of the tunnels. Some say it is her ghost that haunts the tunnels with reports that you can hear a woman crying, help me. Yuck. Yeah. There you go. There's some spooky tunnel stuff. I'll say. Tunnels are spooky in general. You don't even need to add ghost stories to them. Just, Just like the claustrophobia and I don't know. So what do you think? Underground tunnels? Obviously, there's underground tunnels. Yeah, I think every it's city, definitely a thing. Every city has underground tunnels. I don't know about the conspiracy theories around it, That though. they're connected. I, yeah. There's a lot of tunnels in the country. I don't think there is a network of underground tunnels. I feel like there's just this inherent assumption that bad things happen in tunnels. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
yeah, a lot of that. When we get to the caves, there's some interesting stuff with caves. So at some point we'll have an episode about caves. Okay. But this one was all about tunnels. And there's there's so much underground stuff, like you said, that we don't even realize is down there. And there's stuff that's down there that has been forgotten about, like that when they found that those steam tunnels that probably nobody's gone in in 40 years. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a ton of stuff, but I don't think they're interconnected. Some of the people do live down in some tunnels. Like I said, I didn't even touch New York, and there's fascinating stuff underground in New York, Los Angeles. So there is a crazy amount of tunnels in the country. You know, there's people that think that Bigfoot travels in tunnels Mm. or that the missing 411 stuff involves Mm. tunnels. Sure. You know, and there's I can see that. like I, we'll get we'll get into when we do caves. There's a missing four one one slash caves idea theory. Yeah, okay. but we'll get into that when we do caves. It's weird to think we're in a basement right now. We're underground. Yeah, you don't think about that. No, you don't think but about that. But we're underground right now. Yeah, I mean, there's windows. But yeah, which makes it makes you feel like you're not underground. Less underground. But like you yeah. said, that school, the Abo Elementary School, underground. Yeah. What, What's that? Not having windows in the imagine. classroom. Like, what's that like? What would I stare at all day? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, yes, there are tons of tunnels in the mm. United States. I don't think they're all... In, I don't think there's an interconnected... Yeah. Like, that... I think that'd be hard to hide. I, I think it be would wrong. be hard to hide. Yeah, maybe maybe there is one, but I just don't think so. I don't think that there's tunnels connecting the Walmarts for us getting forcibly microchipped yeah. or whatever that said but you never know guys if you were going to have this underground network you would want them to come to a place where you could get supplies true it makes sense to have walmart yeah but i don't want to go in any tunnels underground really no. i just don't like that idea Mm-mm. so there you go there is the there are tunnels and a tunnel network i like it, it was hopefully a good it was okay suggestion. i think so hopefully it wasn't okay it was okay i do have a song choice Sweet. so there's and a, I have a listener question there's a story behind this one um, seasons ago, I recommended one of my recommendations. I can't think of what this, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, Leo Moracholi, Moracholi, but he does metal covers of songs. And I stumbled across this a while ago because I'm like obsessed with the song Africa by Toto. I think it's one of the best songs ever written. It's so good. So I go down the rabbit hole of looking at all different versions. There's bluegrass versions. Mm. There's like there's like techno versions. There's so many different versions. And I came across Leo Leo's YouTube channel where he does this. And he does this amazing metal cover of Africa. Mm. And he had a female singer on there that I instantly had a crush on. And once you see her, you'd be like, yep, Sounds that's going to be right. Kurt's crush. Yep. So I loved that video, and then I went back down recently the Africa rabbit hole and was watching YouTube videos, and I came came across this one. So I was looking at the comments, and people talked about Hannah, the girl that's in the video. Mm. And people kept mentioning something called Dance Monkey. And I had no idea what the heck they were talking about when they said Dance Monkey. So then I looked on Leo's YouTube channel, and there's a song called Dance Monkey, and he does a metal version of the song. So I watched it, and I'm like in love with this Hannah girl. Her name is Hannah Bolton. She has a YouTube page where she does songs. No relation and, to Michael? No. <laughs> but she does songs, and she does like, it's just her and a piano doing like an mm. acoustic version of Oasis Wonderwall. Mm. And I've just, I'm like, in love with this girl. Mm-hmm. She's British, which which instantly adds like 50, <laughs> 50 crush points for sure. me. But I watched this video for Dance Monkey, and this song has been stuck in my head since I watched it. Mm. 
And I went and watched the original version, which I had never heard of. And it's just weird, dancey tech. Like, I don't like the original. But my song choice for this episode is Dance Monkey, the metal cover by Leo Moricholi featuring Hannah and Rabea. And some of the YouTube comments, somebody writes, quote, I love how Leo can take songs that I can't normally tolerate and two minutes later have me banging my head like a maniac. Nice. It's a gift. Somebody else writes, quote, whenever Leo, Hannah, and Rebea get together, great things happen. Somebody else writes, quote, I'm always awestruck with, oh my God, the guitar solo in the middle of this song is just freaking amazing. It's so good. So they write, I'm always awestruck with Leo and Rebea's skill on guitar, and I'm helpless against Hannah's voice and face. Somebody else writes, songs are like medieval knights. They need to be covered by metal. <laughs> Somebody else writes, not only is Hannah an awesome vocalist and beautiful, she's also delightfully and adorably awkward. Somebody else writes, the fact that y'all exist is the faith I need in humanity. Thank you. Just thanks. And somebody else writes, I keep coming back to this one. One of your all-time greats. So it is the metal cover of Dance Monkey by Leo Moracholi featuring Rebea and Hannah. I feel like you could call us adorably awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay being called adorably <laughs> awkward. But man, like this song is so catchy mm -hmm. and it's so good. And the, the original, I don't know if I like the original, but I love, love, love this version of Dance Monkey. I was blaring it in my mm. car on the way home from work last night. And I just love Hannah. Like, I could see dating Hannah, actually. Uh, but I, I think I think she's, that Rebea that plays guitar, I think she's either dating him or married mm. to him. But just so good. I just love this song. So this will be, I'll post this in the group. That is my song choice for this episode. Dance Monkey. I don't have a song cover. choice, but I've been listening to a lot of Primus lately. Yeah, I do. I hate Primus. Oh, I, I love Absolutely Primus. Primus. Les Claypool's a god. Ugh. I also have, I, I knew about Tool. I've been familiar with their music, but I've really am just kind of discovering them now. So Sober to speak. by Tool, I think, so is one of the best songs. That's where I posted good. that video of the, like, the middle school kids doing a cover mm. uh I, what's what's their it's like a school or like a like, it's like a school that if you're a gifted musician you go there like oh. it had middle schoolers doing a cover and the girl that sings like that's so good it's yeah like i actually prefer their version of sober mm. to the actual tool version there is a really popular video on youtube of a live performance from the 90s of them doing that song that yeah. is just there's a ton of reaction videos yeah. to it it's like so like sober by good. tool i think is one of the best it's songs amazing ever. it's an amazing song and there's so Not many a fan good of privacy a little too weird for you I, yeah they're a little like i just no jerry was a race car driver like i no, love it I'm just I not, love it. no no primus so for this good. guy yeah it's quirky that's for sure um, we have a question. Okay. Do I get to ask the sure. question? Um, so this is from Mike. I never know if they want their last name. Hey, Mike. So. Hey, guys. I don't remember whether you've answered this question before. I think probably not. So here it is. The question may involve a little bit of self-deprecation. Dude, that's what we do. So brace, for, so brace yourselves for embarrassment. From the entire Strain Sessions library, what and from what, which episode is your favorite comedic moment? <sighs> comedic moment. For me, it's the Maura Murray episode. <laughs> Not that that's a funny episode, but just the whole steak burrito thing. I can't, we're never going to live it down. And I'm totally fine with that now. I, I wear it like a badge of honor. 
But um, to me, that's just, it's funny. It's still brought up today. And that was from like season one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was way, that it was was way back. It was the that came to my mind. Yeah, people, people always <laughs> reference our horrible, horribly More botched More Murray episode. Sorry, that, we love, her, we love her story so much. My, mine, I don't remember what episode it was. and Maybe I'll think of it. What's the moment? Uh, somebody, I don't remember, but s- there was a ghost. It might have been a Strange States episode. But there was a ghost of somebody that was hung. And I don't remember how it was funny, but you just could not. Mel's hole. It was something about a hole. It Mel's was, hole. Was it Mel's hole? I couldn't stop laughing at the story of Mel's hole. No, this was something. This, was, this wasn't This was Corey's Mel's hole story. Okay. But this was a story about a guy that was hung, but because he was hung, there was a hole underneath like where his and it was you could not stop laughing and i because you could not stop laughing that's a i don't remember what episode it was but yeah you had the giggles really bad that was like my favorite comedic i have a vague a vague memory of that story yeah mel's hole we couldn't talk about without i mean yeah yeah we have a like there's comedic moments that i think are so good yeah but that's one that i remember because you just could not stop laughing and i remember (laughs) editing that episode listening to you laughing at it i just my 12 year old brain yeah (laughs) yep so yeah that's a good question actually yeah there's a lot of comedic moments in ours i think so there's some funny all blurs when i when we do the next episode with our investigation Mm -hmm. one of the sound clips is going to be just like strung together things that kind of made me laugh when i was listening nice i'm excited about that yeah there's one in particular that i laugh at but it sucks because a lot of the stuff that was super funny i can't use because it was when barry and i were playing 90s songs in the gym trying to get reactions oh. like Barry and I are, are I don't see why you couldn't because YouTube will when I try to upload it will pick it out as copyright infringement a lot of people use songs though yeah I don't know yeah but I guess it was they'll, just they'll at the very least demonetize yeah. the episode yeah we have we have some comedic pretty good comedic moments we where we get the giggles we try and sometimes it's unintentional yeah a lot of times it's unintentional mm-hmm. more Murray one was unintentional 100% uh, that's a good question Thank you, yeah. Mike. Thanks, Mike. Is that it for this episode? That's it. Time are we looking at? Uh, two hours and 15 minutes. That's good. That's pretty average for us. That is pretty average for us. Yeah. So hopefully this episode was okay. I always am like, uh. We'll see how the YouTube thing turns out. Thanks for sticking around, guys. <laughs> we'll see how the video turns out. I Krista do might have to buy new cameras. Adobe Premiere Pro, though, I love this editing software. It synchronizes everything so easily for cool. you. And what I'm going to do is when you're talking, it's going to cut to you. When I'm talking, it's going to cut to me. It's just going to cut to me like looking at my iPad. That's okay. It'll, I'll cut back to me for reactions. Like our next episode like will be very much us talking because it'll yeah. be about the investigation and And Jim stuff. might join us because he was with us on the yeah. investigation. I want to get like, I want to get voicemails from Barry and yeah. Ron and everybody that was at the investigation. Cool. So, and Coleman, our newest group member, Coleman, mm-hmm. who was awesome. And I think that's it. So you can email us at the strange sessions. I haven't checked our mails in forever. You can email us at the strange sessions at gmail.com. We, we, uh, when I get to our PO box, I'll say it. Email us at the strange sessions.com. We are on Instagram where we love our Instagrammers and Krista does an amazing job at the strange sessions. You can send postcards and snail mail to the strange sessions, PO box four, three, four Manitowoc, Wisconsin, five, four, two, two, one dash zero, four, three, four. We have two letters from Matthew Thornton. We have to open yet. And we're going to post it into our Facebook group that we're going to repurpose as our Matthew Thornton letter, uh, page. area. Yeah. Page. 
You can call our lonely phone line, which a lot of people did. I have four voicemails on there. 920-443-9602. And you can send listener stories because we're going to have a listener stories episode this season. We always do at the strange sessions stories at gmail.com. Sweet. And I think that's it for our season premiere. It is. I'm going to insert. Oh yeah. Yep. Something special. And we'll, we'll, I'll let it play through the end of the episode, but we're going to kind of listen to it as we go out here. Are you going to say what it is? I will. Yep. So, um, Josh Arthur is a longtime listener. Longtime listener. Also a musician. Awesome, awesome stranger. Yes. Longtime listener and musician uh, sent us a link to a, a song that he recently released. Yeah. He said it's available. Let me look. Spotify. I think he said Spotify. I think he said YouTube as well. Um, but we're going to use that as our outro music instead of the Strange Sessions music. So I think we'll say our normal goodbye and then I'm going to start the song and we'll just kind of listen to it as we kind of fade to black here hopefully so you ready to send us out you usually do I think so. I feel like there was something I wanted to say at the end of the episode but I mm-hmm. can't think of what it was but I think we nailed everything that we were going to talk about. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be an experimental season kind of with the cameras and stuff mm-hmm. because we're still figuring out what we're doing. We've been yes. figuring out what we were doing since season one, actually. Pretty much. You know, <laughs> we're a work in but progress. But I, I have like 20 topics already for this season and some are going to get shuttled out and some will get shuttled in when we come up with new things. Um, we're going to do some strange states. We're going to do listener suggestions, which is one of my favorite new mm-hmm. things that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missing 411. Always. Uh, you and I want to go to Whitewater yep. and talk about Whitewater. The Aaron Salem, and I Aaron and Wisconsin. I want to do a road trip to a haunted location. Taylor wants to come on. Uh, Taylor and Blaine are going mm-hmm. to come on. Uh, I, I think that's going to be like our, maybe our first, not interview, but just sit down and talk with them about investigations yeah. and stuff. Uh, I would love, love, love to get Waylon on here. Waylon. <laughs> Tobias. <laughs> Tobias. <laughs> um, I would love to get Tobias on here. You know, talk yeah, about talk about Mothman, Mothman because there's sure. a lot of Mothman stuff. Um, so yeah, we got the season is underway. We have we, plenty for got, season eight. Got, possibly more for season nine. We got season. Nine. I, I, I'm. We can do up to season ten. After <laughs> that, I'm not so sure, but we'll see. You've been by saying s- that since season. By one. season ten, we'll know what we're doing. So thank you guys so much for listening. Seriously, like thank you for always giving a crap about us and what we do. Like we we are so happy and blessed that you guys listen to us and subscribe to us and care about us. Yeah. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. So we're going to segue now to the side sessions. Fascinating topic on the side. I love this topic that we're talking about. I'm excited to hear. So thank you guys so much for listening. And from Krista and I down in the amazing. The new and improved. The new and improved amazing strange seller. Until next time, stay Stay strange. strange.